Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast, everybody. I am Keegan Preslak. I am Eric Hoff. And this is a horror movie podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together, hopefully once an epoch, and talk about horror movies or horror things, horror shows, life, existentialism on prom night, things like that. Eric, how are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I've never been so happy in my whole life. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. Eric, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I feel great today. Good. No, I'm doing good, Eric. How are you? How's uh, life? Uh, just the usual. Work, skating, uh, video games, film. I got no reason to complain. I feel like same here. Like, I went to work. I had days off. And honestly, like, I'll be honest, the biggest thing that happened uh, to me... Well, actually, let's do this. Eric, yes. what are we going to do on this podcast? And then I'll do that. Okay. I'm so glad you asked yes. me. Because uh, this episode is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to have seen as much of the mad and the macabre as they would see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day would lead to a discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in the podcast. Yep. That's amazing, Eric. Good job. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're going to... Do you we know how do? long it fucking took me? Why did you write it down? Eric writes his notes out with like pen and paper. You know why? Because on, when Sunday comes and my phone fucking tells me what my screen time is, I want that shit to go down. Oh, it's I like, always feel bad. And and if I have my phone open like you do right now, it's adding to my screen time. I feel like it's like another weird, like obsessive compulsive thing. Like my that's fine. screen time has to be down too. Yes, I feel bad. Like whenever Melissa lived with me, we, it was like a competition. Like, oh, I'm down 4% from this week. What about your ass? Wow. Yep. Well, Eric, I've never looked at that screen in my life. Uh, so I'm glad that you pay special attention to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, I feel like when you write your notes, like you have like a quill pen and like you, you, I you, put on my monocle and I dip my fucking, yes. And you have like a candle that's like spilling the wax right. over on the side of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, hello everybody. Yes. We're going to rank the Texas, Texas chainsaw, chainsaw massacre. massacre. What's wild is we've been doing this pod for this long and we're just barely getting to this film. Cause obviously it's a big one in the, in the genre, but it's in perfect the, time in the annals. <laughs> yes. If in, you in the annals of the genre, in the annals of the genre. <laughs> perfect timing since we just had a new film. Yeah. You know, and it's funny cause like revisit, some of these i feel like i found out why we didn't do this because i'm not sure this franchise is quite as good as i remember i i'm going to agree with that uh, i was kind of surprised some of the some of the films that like i liked a bunch I, i'm not gonna say i dislike them sure but i didn't feel quite as strongly about them and one of them which we'll talk about here in a moment i was like well this is better than i thought so that was great. So, you know, I, I kind of had similar thoughts, uh, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is like a giant... Uh, it's like, just because the first one is so good. Yeah, it's like a dumpster fire of franchise. Now, what I mean is not necessarily quality, 
but more so like it isn't a franchise. Right. Like we got so many different timelines. Multiple studios have made them. Like at one point it was New Line. They remade them. There was a prequel to the remake. Like (laughs) there was a Bustillo and Mori fucking movie. Right. Uh, They went to. they they try to make a prequel and then they try to make a sequel to the original film and and none of them flow together. Yeah, there's no connective tissue to those three films. And to be honest, like that's not my issue. Is like you know me, like I don't care about continuity as much as most people. Like I just want a good film. Sure. And unfortunately, some of these just like I thought I liked some of them. I'm I'm gonna save it. I thought I liked some of like the original franchise, quote unquote, and I don't. Wow. Uh, but. Let me just quickly okay. say, I don't think it's a surprise. I want to make it clear. I am not talking about Toby Hooper's masterpiece, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because uh, I don't think it's any secret. Obviously, it's probably going to be pretty high on our list. Uh, that is not a film I'm fucking talking about, because it's one of the greatest movies ever made. You know, you, you just we just brought up about how, you know, there's the different timelines and the different studios, yeah. and they kept trying to add to the original film, and... Uh, other than Chucky and Scream, are those like the only two horror franchises that still have some type of uh, continuity? continuity? Yeah. Mm. Well, no, because I get. Well, yeah, I guess so. Halloween is like fake continuity. I kind of is what you're saying. I mean, I wouldn't count Halloween because we've had multiple timelines. Okay, but that really doesn't count for Chucky too, because we've had a remake. We've had we had a remake that was disowned by the creator who kept telling who his story. Yeah, but that's like saying John Carpenter didn't want them to make sequels to Halloween. Like like they made several. It I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess what you're saying is like the continuity of the timeline. Right. Um, I feel like we're missing one. We've got to be missing one. Don Mancini just kept furthering his story. I will say Scream is like a pretty recent uh franchise. Where, like, when you're talking Halloween, that's late 70s. When sure. you're talking, like, Friday, that's, like, that had a pretty good continuity until until the final. For, the, for eight films? Yeah, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we are going to review, we're, we're going to rank uh, every Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. And we're very excited about that. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about us. Okay. Hello, Eric. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, I know this is an odd transition, but just to, just to, to, to start this pod off, I was going to say what I was thinking about like on my days off. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, it was all based around seeing the fucking Batman. Oh, um, okay. So if we want to quickly, you know, it's a film podcast, obviously it's not horror, but Eric and I are like huge Matt Reeves fans. It's horror adjacent. Yeah, it is horror adjacent and it's Matt Reeves. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we should kneel at the feet of uh, Matt Reeves. And so, Eric, I just wanted to get your quick take on the Batman. Oh, you know what? I liked it a bunch. Sure. Um, and I think I'll like it a more on second viewing. Me and too. That's, and that's just because like, now I know what the film is. For sure. Um, it, and it's fucking three hours long. And you know what? I've mastered the secret art of falling asleep in theaters. E-Dog had no issue no. with the Batman. I was, I was in tuned. I was alert. The entire fucking time. Um, I did find it a bit Long. slow. <laughs> right. um, but now that I know what it is, now that, now that I know like the tell Matt Reeves is, has told, sure. um, I think I'll really be into it a second time. Um, I'm just going to divert just a second. You know, after watching The Batman, I was so excited about the character that I like went back and I watched um, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. So before you... I, I Go did, ahead. It, it, I did the exact same thing. Okay. I went home and I was like, all I could think about was the Dark Knight. I did not watch Rises, but 
all I could think about was the dark night because it, it, it quickly turned into a conversation with my brother and Wes shout out to Wes, um, of, you know, obviously Wes is like the DC guy. And from a DC fan's perspective, like I was like, Oh, well, like the dark Knight is still better. But, and he was like, well, why are you saying that? And I was like, well, I don't want to be negative on the film already because let me just say, I love the Batman. Me too. Like, I think I liked it more than you on my first viewing. Like I, I told him like right away, I was like, it's like a four out of five. It's like one of the coolest fucking movies I've ever seen. I love it. I can't wait to buy the steel book. Like Matt Reeves is a fucking God. It's gorgeous. This, the fucking score by Michael Giacchino is like one of the best scores of like the last 10 years. Um, I love it. But I was like, but like the Dark Knight exists. The Dark Knight is fucking perfect. So good. It's insane how good that film is. So I don't know if we should go to keep going. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but should we keep going down this path of no, Batman? No, we our- can we can we both we both like the new one. Loved it. And absolutely loved it. I, I'm looking forward to a second viewing. I'm yeah. I'm absolutely uh, I'm sure I'll love it even more. And uh the Dark Knight still holds the fuck up. Absolutely. Yeah. Next day's off. Uh, I'm hoping we get X. Uh, it's two weekends from now. Yes. Um, but either way, I'm going to see the Batman again on my next day's off because I just can't wait to, to live in that world again. The one thing I will say is like, I thought it was ending a couple times and I thought, man, I really hope this isn't ending. And that was like such a tell. I was like, wow, I don't want this to end. Like mm. I did not want it to end. And it was three hours long. How was it uh, your IMAX experience? Right. So I went and saw it in IMAX in El Paso. And it was, I mean, you know me, I really like IMAX. So like Keegan's going to do the fucking full, the theater. Yeah. It was packed. Yep. It was packed. And and we went at 11 o'clock on a Saturday. Awesome. Uh, And it was, man, I, you know, seeing something in IMAX, like, of course you guys have heard me talk about it, but for me, it's just like the peak of like excitement with like traveling to, we live in a small town in the middle of nowhere. So in order to see something in IMAX, we have to drive out of town. And so, you know, it's like this whole like buildup, like, oh, we're going to see it in IMAX, you know, and uh, I get super amped and, and, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It's just, I love IMAX. I love the Batman. I love Matt Reeves. Uh, Andrew Dana and I, we went to the 6 PM showing Thursday night. We walked into that theater at 557 and it was already fucking playing. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how much I missed. It was the Riddler was already in the mayor's apartment. Spoilers. And uh, I don't know how much I missed. Yeah. So <laughs> so either I'm telling you the very beginning of the film. Right. Or I'm giving you the start of the film. I don't know. Um, but I was just like, God damn it. Like, this is so Carlsbad right now. Yeah. But it was one of my better Carlsbad Allen Theater um, experiences. experiences, I guess, because usually there's fucking people just being shitty. Uh, but everyone was pretty in tuned. The thing uh, is in Carlsbad, if you go to the first showing, so generally a Thursday showing, they used to be midnight showings. Obviously they're almost never midnight anymore. Right. Um, most <laughs> is that of the, because t- of the dark Knight rises. I don't know. Okay. But let's not get into that. We won't get but, into that. <laughs> but most of the time, uh, in Carlsbad, those people are the people who want to see it the most. Oh, so they sense. are quiet. But if you go at, uh, Saturday at 11 o'clock, you would have been screwed. Somebody walked out of nice. the Batman. And was I, it over something specific? Uh, well, don't say I, it. I, I saw them leave, and then we went to Denny's afterwards. And Dana was like, did you hear when they said the film was stupid and walked out? And nice. I was like, Fortunately, I didn't hear that because that would have uh, distracted me. What was funny was, uh, and this is another fucking Carlsbad Allen Theater complaint, the fucking door when people would walk out oh, would it so close. Loud. Oh, so it was just this bright light from the hall, but Dana was right next to the door and Dana and some other guy took turns keeping the door closed. Wow. And so I had to thank Dana for his commitment to keeping that room dark. 
it the only thing it could have made that more Carlsbad movie theater is if the only thing it could have made that more Carlsbad movie theater is if it was scorching fucking hot in the theater. Yeah. Or or super fucking cold. Yeah, like freezing cold, like yeah. frigid. Um so anyways, so that's the fucking Batman. That's someone and sorry. Uh, so yeah, somebody walked out of the Batman and somebody also walked out of uh, the cursed. Nice. I, so I've been in like two films like within a week of each other where somebody has walked out of the film. One final, funny. one final question about the Batman for you. Yes, wait on me. Were you able to see it? Uh, because Carlsbad is known for very dim uh, projector bulbs, which they apparently have been running since the fucking place opened. Uh, I agree that it was dark as fuck. Uh, I could see, but now that you're saying that, I don't know if I saw what was intended. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm afraid to see it again at our theater because it's so fucking dark. Right. And with that, that, that was, was the Batman. Matt Reeves, the Batman. And if you somehow haven't seen uh, this is recent, a, a horror podcast, this I is promise. a horror podcast. But if you somehow haven't seen the most recent Apes trilogy, which yes. Matt Reeves directed two of them, don't even watch the first one. No, fuck that. That first one's tight. Nope. Fuck you. Okay. Uh. I, you don't like that whole trilogy. You big Rupert Wyatt guy? That first film is good. No, it's not. Yes, it is, da. Also, you've watched all those other goddamn apes movies. I've watched all the apes. Yeah, that's that's sad. So, therefore, E-Dog is in all on apes, and that whole trilogy is good. Let's you continue. blew it up. Okay. Uh, and with that, that was the bad. Look what you did to my plate, you bitch. <clears throat> okay. Uh, <laughs> So Eric, before <laughs> yes. we okay, so like I should also say we're gonna review the Texas Chain, the new Netflix tex, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Twenty twenty two. Uh, prior to our list, so that way we can talk it at length. Right, exactly. Um, and then we're also gonna do horror trivia before that. Trivia, you dog got some terror tunes, and we're gonna do a little bit of what we've been watching, but it should be brief. We're trying yeah. to not do a three and a half hour episode this time, uh, only for our sanity, not yours. Sure. Yes. I, I'm blown away. I shouldn't say this. That you guys are still listening. <laughs> I shouldn't say this. And on that note, Eric. And on that Perfect note. transition. Okay. Um, you know, there was kind of a lot of chatter. And by a lot, I mean a few people. Right. And, we, and, I, and I mean this sincerely. Like, it was one of the coolest things that, we've, that I've dealt with with us, which is we got several messages about sort of our conversation that you started mm. about, like, uh, basically, like, existential, like, threat about, like, uh, why do we... Like, am I still going to be buying toys when I'm 40? Yes. It's kind of what you were talking about. Yes. And you and I sort of went back and forth about like sort of what is the meaning of life? Sure. And a, a lot of people reached out to us. One of them was uh, our buddy, Jamie. What's up? Uh, and we got a really dope message from Log Lady. Okay. And we referenced her at the end of the podcast and she told us finally how to say her name. No X. So I'm going to read her, her message now. So this is from Log Lady. Okay. Just finished. Great episode. Totally agree both of your lists and, uh, and how you both differ. Uh, I lean more towards Keegan's interests, but very similar to Eric's as well. Also, just had a similar thought process about getting older. And am I going to be doing the same stuff uh, as I am now, which I feel like I should have probably outgrew by now anyways, since I'm, th well, I'm 35. I don't know. I'll ask her if she'll let us say her, her age. Uh, anyways, totally related to both of you a lot on this episode. It was great and hoping we get another episode soon, which hello. Hey, you are, you're, you ask and you shall receive. And she said, uh, also thanks for the shout out and log lady is fine to say without the X, by the way. 
So anyways, log lady, thank you so much for sending that. And everyone else that kind of said stuff. Uh, my brother talked to me, Jamie, um, log lady, Shane and Kayla, uh, said stuff. And I, I know this sounds like a shout out, uh, part, but it's cause we don't have that many listeners. <laughs> so they, uh, everybody kind of was like, Hey, that was cool. And I kind of talked to Eric about it and I was like, well, I don't really know how to bring it back up. Like, it's not something we can really, you know, it's just happy, you know, you don't, we weren't trying to make that happen. Right. Like Eric just felt like a certain way. And it was kind of like interesting. Cause I remember quoting, like looking back on that conversation, like I was talking about the green Knight and that, that amazing line where he's like, is this really all there is? Mm. Um, and I, I still certainly feel that way at times, but I think the most important thing that, that like we got from it is like, just keep going. Um, and so anyways, not to do it again, but just, uh, thank you guys for reaching out and saying it was cool. And it was mostly spurred by Eric. Uh, so thank you, Eric. Yeah. You know, sequels rarely, uh, you know, top the original, Yeah, but I guess if I had to follow up, sure. I would say the floor is yours. I hope I keep doing the bullshit that I'm doing now. You know, uh, last time I skated was Tuesday. It's a Thursday right now. And I'm like super bummed. So I can't imagine how bummed I'd fucking be if I stopped altogether. Yeah. And it's sort of like. I feel the same way, you know, where like, so I'm 30, I'll be 31 this year. And, you know, you're sort of like, you know, I don't have a girlfriend at the moment. You know, am I going to get married at some point? Like, you know, you start to think about those things. Here's the thing, Doc. And Eric, like you're a few years older than me. And I'm sure like you've thought about similar things, right? Here's the thing, Doc. Twice today on my route, I heard and saw parents just screaming at their children because they were upset about something they did. And sure, maybe having children is great, but that's not what an e dog wants out of life, dog. Yeah, and and it, it's kind I of, want to skate. Yeah, and it's kind of funny hearing you say that because, like, to me, like, I want to do like I want to watch movies and not fucking watch Paw Patrol, <laughs> you <laughs> right? Know? But also, like, you know, it's part of like that thing of growing up where it's like, well, but maybe I should have fucking kids. Like, I don't know. You gotta stay true to yourself, dog. I know, and it's like you, you see a lot of people like think having kids is a good thing, and then they're fucking miserable too. Uh, I see that quite a bit, unfortunately, to but, be honest. But I guess, like, p- kind of with everything, like, you don't know. Like, maybe it'd be fulfilling or maybe it won't. Uh, you know, the other day, uh, I heard some coworkers talking about their grandchildren. And they were like, God, I just love kids. And, you know, and I wasn't involved in the conversation. I didn't chime in or anything. But I thought, y'all nuts. Yeah, I mean, I think of that. And, and why did I bring up kids? I brought it up because I think of, like, like okay, for instance, I recently got my second Blu-ray shelf finally. And okay. filled it up with fucking movies, right? It's like okay. half full of movies already. Why am I bringing this up? Because I, I looked at it, and of course, like this had nothing to do with our conversation. I looked at it and thought, you know, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like this is what I want. And then it's like, am I gonna like have all these fucking movies? Like if I have kids, like I have like Cannibal Holocaust like on the fucking shelf. And, and if you got fucking kids, they're gonna be taking them off the shelf. Yeah, it's just yeah. gonna be bullshit. <laughs> no, but like I thought about, it, I'm like. Am I going to, like, let's say I do find a girlfriend, like, is she going to fucking want to watch, like, all this bullshit? That, see, that, see, that's the dangerous thing, dog. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, dangerous thing. Because you might get with someone, and then they want to, like, marry you. You got to be real careful out there, dog. <laughs> they could be, I'm aware of it. They could be completely different interests. Yeah. And I hate to say it. I don't want to talk bad about female race. That's not exactly what I'm trying to do. But, you know, some of them may try to trap you with a kid, dog. Well, you have to be very careful. The one thing I would say, like my reply would be, um, you know, it's like, it's like, you don't want to find somebody with the same, all the same like interests. Cause that's like boring. It would be interesting. But my concern is like, yeah, but like, 
And then you got to do what they want. It's very <laughs> tough, duh. But, I'm sorry if I'm sounding like a big prick asshole right now, but these are my feelings. But like, do I really want to sit at home and watch six seasons of Game of Thrones? No. No, no you don't. I definitely don't. And I, I, I don't plan to. Uh, you know, is is that is this really all there is? <laughs> to, to, and you know what? Maybe it's good that right. that's all there is because you know what? We're happy doing these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. To quote Kramer from Seinfeld, they're prisons, Jerry! Man-made prisons! You're not going to quote uh, that actor? Michael Richards? Yeah. Well, that, what did Michael Richards say that got him in trouble? He said the N-word. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Harry. Okay. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about yes. whatever... Jerry and Kramer are having this very discussion. But yeah, we're doing it I in mean, real life. I guess, like, to tie it back in with, like, the horror bullshit and collecting stuff, like, that's more so what I was thinking is, like, these objects that I'm, like, like, I have all these goddamn prints in my fuck, like, you know, I have poster prints and Mondo stuff, and it's, like, uh, I like it. I have no issue with it. But the more I'm, like, oh, yeah, but, like, if I, you know, move on in life, it's, like, they're probably going to be, like, this is all fucking stupid. But, you know, you know what? I don't think I would find someone like that, to be honest with you, Eric. That's the other part of it. That's the other half, right? Mm. I don't think I would uh I don't think I would pursue that. And with that, unless Eric, you have anything else to add to <laughs> if that. If you have any more dating questions for us, please <laughs> right. write in. Let's turn into the fucking ghoul squad dating episode. Yeah. No, like I didn't mean to bring up that aspect. The reason I brought it up was I was thinking about it, putting my fucking movies on the shelf, thinking, man, like people say they like movies, and I'm not trying to do like an elitist thing, but like I like a lot of really fucking dumbass movies that like, I call them dumbass as a joke, but like, do you like, you know, going to see Avengers movies or like, do you want to fucking cuddle up and watch fucking Cannibal Holocaust? I want to do both. Yeah. Well, me too. That's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, and, uh, you know, get a girl who can do both. (laughs) You can do uh, superhero (laughs) films and Italian horror films. Right. And on that note, death game, finally shipping 314. Thank God. You know what came in? I Let's got uh, instead of pre-ordering Death Game, uh, I pre-ordered the Phenomena mm. uh, 4K from Synapse. Synapse, but everybody hates Synapse right now. I thought, I guess, because they released uh, Thriller and Vinegar Syndrome, saying that they have the rights to it. Yikes! Don't know how that's going to pan out. Well, what's funny is I was like two clicks away from ordering the Synapse Thriller Blue, and Dana was like, "Nah, just wait for Vinegar Syndrome to put out." Their release of it. And they're probably... You know, it's funny. You have like a 1080p TV. Fuck you, duh! I'm just kidding. I still see the film. You do still see the film. That's right. No, uh, I was going to say... I've been playing Halo on my 720 Samsung TV, and it's been amazing. Yikes. Because I'm sitting about a foot away from it. I will say playing Halo on a smaller TV does help. I'm Yeah. And I'm still playing Halo, Eric. I'm still playing Halo too. Well, we're not playing see, together. I often see you on... And, you know, I just wanted to play by myself because I'm just kind of a lonelier guy, you know, and I'm afraid of not doing good in front of my peers. At risk of getting into that. Okay. You and my brother should play. I feel like you said that sounds like my brother. I, if, I'm if i not dissing Ben. <laughs> oh. But if I was going to play with Ben P, I'd rather play with you as well. Yikes. Shout out to Ben P. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ben, we both suck at Halo. Glad to know it. The sad thing is I feel like Ben might be better at Halo than you. Hey, he wants to 1v1 or what? That would be amazing. We can 1v1, It'd be like a 1v1 for the ages. <laughs> but we'd have to set the score to like five because there's no way either of us are getting to 25. I hate to tell you this, Eric. I think my brother would probably beat you. I'm. He does not <laughs> for the <laughs> fucking... Uh, and with that, uh, we're done. You set stage, Bimpy. 
We're done. We're done. Uh, so anyways, so I think that's it for our fucking opening of this goddamn podcast. Uh, and Eric, yes. is it time for some trivia? Horror edition. Tri- <laughs> I'm not even saying it right. Trivial pursuit. Horror edition. Trivial pursuit. Horror edition. Let's answer these goddamn trivia questions. How many cards did you like to do? Three? Let's do two. Oh, oh. three? Maybe. Okay, we're going to do three cards. E-Dogs. Okay, and I came up with a an idea for this. We're constantly getting the same cards from previous episodes. And Eric and I are so stupid that we can't even remember <laughs> those fucking we, answers. We couldn't figure out how to not do this. Yeah, so I've decided, I told Keegan, once we do a card, let's just set it to the side. And we don't have to worry about that anymore. So there might come an episode. There's no more trivia. But we'll worry about that. We, we'd have to record a lot of podcasts, Eric. And that, that that's what I'm not saying. Happening we'll, at a we'll worry about that pace. when we get there. Okay, so, Eric, so you know what? Let's just do two. Instead I'm ready. of three. Okay. How are you feeling about uh, Rob Zombie's The Monsters being rated PG? I do not, and I and I, I don't want to say anything negative here. I don't give a fuck about The Monsters. What were so people I don't expecting? Care, I don't know, and I... it No, I don't want to say I'm speaking to other people. What I'm saying is, me personally, I do not care about really? The Monsters. You're telling nope. me you weren't a little tyke watching Nick at Night... With the monsters? What the fuck did you just call me? I said you weren't a little tight watching the monsters on Nick at Night. <laughs> a little tight, <laughs> tight. Okay, Eric. Night. Yes, I did watch the monsters. Uh, it's not something that I, I, I watched more. I love Lucy than I, fucking. I'm definitely the not monsters. a monsters like aficionado, but I mean it's definitely something I enjoy. I'm excited about who's doing it. Um, but if I had to pick like a black and white show that I used to watch a lot as a child, Three Stooges. Yeah, I mean, love that shit. I watched more like I Love Lucy and Bewitched, or is, okay. it, is it Bewitched or uh, what's the other one? Um, I Dream of Yes, I watched I Dream of Genie and shit like that. Okay, didn't watch a lot of Monsters, but I don't know. Like big I'm, fan of Different Strokes. I'm yes, I'm not a Monsters kid. How about that? <laughs> You're a monster kid. That's not a monster kid. Okay. <laughs> that's correct, Eric. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Color Color E Dog excited for Rob Zombie's The Monsters. I will okay. color you excited. Yes, thank you. Okay, are you ready? I'll yeah. go first. Wait on me. This is Horror Edition Trivial Pursuit. Eric. Yes. Who directed The Birds? <laughs> Hitchcock. Yes, you got it. Okay. What is the name of the fictional Iranian ghost town in which a girl walks home alone at night is set? Yikes. I don't remember, da. Ooh. Bad city. Ooh. Fuck. Are we going to get all these wrong now? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, Eric. Okay. I forgot about that, too. No, yeah. you'll get the second one. In the Human Centipede, yeah, first sequence, yeah. What is the name of the villainous surgeon who devises and performs the procedure? Doctor Greenwald. I don't fucking remember. Doc. Isn't it? Uh, it's like fuck. something German, no? Yeah, it's something German. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have got this. Doctor Joseph Heiter. Oh, Heiter. I don't know. Go Heiter. ahead, Eric. I guess this is off to a ringing blast. Okay, well, here's one you got, now. I'm ready, Who directed Green Room and Blue Ruin? This is none other than... What the fuck's his name, Da? Oh, shut up, Well, my first thought was Macon Blair, uh, but that's because he's in Blue Ruin. Uh, It is... Fuck, Da, I cannot remember his goddamn name. I don't believe you. I feel like you're acting an act right now. I feel you're acting a fool. No, he did did fucking... What's it... uh, the fucking Netflix movie that was really good that I liked. Uh, 
I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'm blanking completely. God damn it, Dad. I'll joke for you when you got this right. It's, uh, I can't remember now. It's Jeremy Solnier. Jeremy Solnier, yeah. yeah. Fuck. I was going to say you're wrong based on how you pronounced it. My. Macon Blair is doing the PG-13 uh, Toxic Avenger remake, which is interesting. My brain shut down, Eric. Did you watch, I work today, so I'm did, fucking, did, my brain is on. Did you watch I Don't Feel at Home? Oh, what was it called? I did not. Do you know what oh, I'm wait. talking about? The, the Macon Blair Netflix film. I think it's called like I Don't Feel at Home in This World or I Feel No, alone. I did not watch that. Oh, it was uh, Elijah Wood and, help me out, the actress from Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. Oh, it's uh, fuck, Don. I gonna, uh, it was it's tight. Jane, Jane Levy. It was tight. Okay. Jane Levy? Jane Levy. Yep. Jane Levy? Levy? Jane Levy. Levy. Levy? Lavelle? Camera <coughs> one? Camera two. Okay. What are the four requirements for the intended sacrifice in The Wicker Man? What? <laughs> ask me again. I'm, I'm sorry. What are the four requirements for oh. the intended sacrifice in uh, The Wicker Man? Okay. You have to have a lazy eye. Uh, missing at least one appendage. You don't believe in their religion, and uh, you have to not believe in God. Those are the four. Well, you got them all wrong. Oh shit! But you also missed not the bees, not the bees, which is the remake. But no, Eric, <laughs> it is. I don't know this shit. Willing, king-like, a virgin, and a fool. I don't know. Damn! Did they just name me? <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. We're keeping it going. I've never seen The Wicker Man, the original or the remake, which is crazy. Uh, shout out Shudder for having cool shit like that. I feel like my brain is mush now. How did I not get Jeremy Saulnier? I feel like my brain is mush now. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, here you go. To what M. Night Shyamalan, your boy. I, I don't like that you're saying he's my boy, but go I ahead. I mean, you talking Shyamalan all day, all day, all night. He's, he's an interesting filmmaker. Uh, I want to rewatch Signs. Okay. To is what? that the question? Yeah, does you don't want to rewatch Signs? Okay, go ahead. To what M. Night Shyamalan film was Split a sequel? Oh, Unbreakable. Incorrect. It was Unbreakable. <laughs> okay, Eric. In The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yep. Who directed that? Scott Dickerson. Well, Derrickson, but you're close. Dicker, Decker. That's not the question. Dicker, Decker. In The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Did what I? is the name of the priest on trial? Oh, uh, Father Anton Yelchin. Uh, Bolchevich? Yes. <laughs> Father Moore. Father Moore. Oh, almost had it. Almost had it, G. Okay. What is the name of the haunted Italian luxury liner in Ghost Ship 2002? Oh, my gosh. I've only seen Ghost Ship twice. You don't have that Scream Factory blue? No, because I'm, I'm not a Ghost Ship guy or a 13 Ghost guy. I am, however, a house, house on of, Haunted Hill guy. No. Oh. I'm also not a house on Haunted Hill guy. I am, however, a house of wax guy. Okay. I do like Th- that. Those dark, were all William Castle remakes, right? Dark Castle, yeah. Yes, William Castle remakes. Yes, I'm sorry, okay. but the, they were Dark Castle pictures? That was like their banner. Yes. I only like House of Wax. Um, What was the fucking question? Well, I'll repeat it. What is the name of oh, the I don't haunted? Know, no. Oh, okay. It is it's like the Sprinted Rose or something. Really close. The SS Antonia Antonia Garza. Fuck. Yeah, I was really close on that. Yep. How many masked strangers attack the couple in The Strangers? Three. Yes. Is that the first one we've got right? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, you got one right earlier. Okay. Uh, it wasn't Anton Bolchevich though. Okay. In what film or Lucio Fulci? Yeah, Fulci. <laughs> in what film? <laughs> In the Step Up film series, 
Did Sharni Vinson, who uh, plays protagonist Aaron in your next star? This is definitely one we've done before. Is it Step Up 2? I mean, you're a close dog. Step Up 3D. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I do love me some Sharni Vinson in your next. Yes. Carrick. Eyes Without a Face. Yeah, lay it on me. Was filmed in what type of monochrome form? Black and white? I'd just say, yeah, black and white. Yeah. What a weird... Monochrome means black and white? Right, that's so why I, like I was like, question. what the fuck? Okay, go ahead. Okay, next card. All right, you should get this one, Da. I'm ready. Make him Blair. All right. What? It, it's a director I think we like. I, th- I like I him. I would hope so. What 2010 Norwegian mockumentary was about... Certain mythical que- cave dwelling giants. Troll hunter. That's incorrect is troll hunter. <laughs> okay, I'll stop doing that. Your turn, Doc. To ask me. I think we've done this card, but we'll do it anyway. Yes. What actor played the titular character in Dracula? Ooh, titular. Bella Lugosi. Got it. Okay, the screenplay for Creep Show 1982, not that bullshit part three they tried to give us, was written by what novelist? Oh, Stephen King? Yep. Okay, Eric. Who directed only one of our favorite films of all time? Okay. The Cabin in the Woods. Please blank, Eric. Please blank. Hold on, hold on. I can literally picture his IMDb page right now, but not his name. Uh, Motherfucker wrote Cloverfield. Good. So we're not... The Jeremy Saulnier train has... has, I don't feel as stupid now. Okay. Of course I know this. What's so dumb is... uh, Oh, my God. Bad, give me, give me, give bad me. Bad times at the El Royale. Yes. No, I, I literally can see him right now in my head. I know who he is. He fucking grew up in like White Sands, didn't he? Yeah, he's a Matt Reeves tonight. Yeah. Which by by way of JJ. Uh, I'm blanking, duh. <sighs> Fucked up. Well, I feel better, so don't feel bad because I couldn't get fucking Jeremy Saulnier. Of course, it's Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard. I didn't even look. Of course, I knew Drew that. I, yeah, knew I know. That. I know. I knew you knew. Okay, go ahead. Uh, who directed? Uh, the 2022 film, The Monsters. No. Who directed House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rob Zombie. Uh, Mr. Rob Zombie. Oh, whoops. Says. Fuck, I got that wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> the last voice Paul Conroy hears on his phone in Buried yes. belongs to whom? His wife. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Dan Brenner, the head of the hostage working group. Duh. Old Dan, old Dell Brenner. Old oh, Dell Swin. Next, this next question's a screamer. Go ahead. All right. What segment in Dead of Night, 1945, involved golf? What segment? So I guess this is an, an anthology film from 1945. The Masters. I mean... You could have bullshitted your way through this one. The golfer story segment. Yikes. Yikes, Eric. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yep. This is an all-time question. Let's hear it. You obviously know it. It's this is this is the type of question I wish we always got. Okay. In Drag Me to Hell, okay. What animal becomes possessed and begins hurling obscenities? Goat? Yes, of course. I'm not I'll look, but yes, a goat. Okay. I love that. That's the greatest scene in the movie. Well, actually, no, the ending is the greatest scene in the movie. What's funny is you literally asked me this question as a joke, and now it's a real question okay, on I'm this ready. card. Who directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose? <sighs> Scott Derrickson. Derrickson. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, ready? Yes. The Night of the Hunter. Yes. Was filmed in what? I'm sorry. Was filmed in black and white or color? 
Black and white. Black and white? Yep. Look at you with these black and white questions, Eric. Shh, you dog on one tonight. Okay, who... You got multiple choice coming up. Who is first accused of the murders in Alice, Sweet Alice? Alice, Father Tom, Mr. Alfonso, or Mrs. Tenderoni? Tretteroni. I'm going to say Father Tom. Alice. Oh, fuck. All right, one piece. Okay. <laughs> Left. This is the worst we've done. That's okay. I think it's a bit now. We're yeah. human. Are we? Uh-oh. They, fag- they figured it out. I got one of them that, that can see. Uh-oh. Okay. In the orphanage, uh-huh. the imaginary friend of Simon wears a mask made from what? Uh, a bed sheet. I feel like you were about to say something different. <laughs> it looked like you were going to say a burlap sack. Yeah, it's a sack. Oh, okay. Nope. No, I was not. Okay, Eric. Okay. What actress appeared in the dual role of Kacha Vaja Whoa. and Princess Aja Vaja and Black <laughs> Sunday? I don't fucking, I can't Eric, can words. you just read them again, the names? I'll try. <laughs> what actress appeared in the dual role of Kacha Vaja and Princess Aja Vaja and Black Sandaja? The, the answer, Eric, is always... Alicia Kandisha, Alicia Kandisha, Alicia Kandisha. In this case, it's Barbara Steele. Oh, we love Barbara Steele. Yeah. Do we? Well, I feel like, can I be an asshole? Name another Barbara Steele's film. Black Sunday. That was a Black Sunday question. But, I said another one. Uh, Gray Flies on Black Velvet. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't think she's I, in that, Doc. I don't know if I can Barbara That is Steele. a film, but I don't think but she's in But I am now segregating these cards from the rest of the deck. So that we will never do them again. And that was Horror Edition Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition. Edition Blue Blue Blues. We hope you enjoyed that. And next. Okay, so we have coming up, we're going to review the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from Netflix. Then we're going to rank our entire franchise of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But first. But first. It's now time to hit the music because it is... What we've been watching. It's what we've been watching recently at home or on the big screen at the theater. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, Keegan. What do you want to talk hey, about? Rick. <laughs> what do you want to talk Hello. about? Hello. Hello, everybody doing? out there. Eric, you yes. go first. Let's do what we've been watching. Okay. And what has Eric Hofstetter yes. been watching? Okay. Uh, I As watched... you wear a Death Rider shirt. Yes. In the House of Vampires. Ooh. Don't you. Ooh, that son, <laughs> of <a laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay. Okay. There was a there was an episode I recently watched in Friday Night Lights where the team that they're going to play. Is this what you're reviewing? No. <laughs> okay. No, it's not at all. Uh, the ep- the team they're gonna play against is known to play rough and dirty, and they're gonna like play in like their home stadium. So the refs aren't making any calls 
on how awful the other team is playing, you know. And uh, so Coach Taylor's just furious. You Cuts know? Taylor. And and he calls the ref a no-call son of a bitch. Well, nah, that's football speak for you. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Eric, okay. I just remembered. Let's yes. do something else. Let's do something else. Let's talk <laughs> about Friday Night Lights as long as we can go for it. This is now Friday Night Lights podcast. Let's talk about something extremely similar to Friday Night Lights. Okay. But not as good. Okay. Studio 666. Okay. I slept through this one, Da. Yeah, I wanted to sleep through this one. And and in my defense, I watched the cursed right before. I tried yeah, to do a double that's at a the yikes, theater. Da. That's a yikes. And uh, you know what? I tried. Here's the problem with you. So hello everybody. I'm a sleepy baby. We're gonna review the film. Eric is gonna review part of the film. Okay. Studio. I saw like maybe the first thirty minutes of the film. Yeah, Studio Six Six Six. What is this? This is the Foo Fighters horror movie, right? Where the Foo Fighters go to a haunted house and make a record. Directed by B.J. McDonald, is that correct? Who yes. directed Hatchet Three, which Hatchet I hope 3. we sometime have a Hatchet episode. Please yes. continue. And you know, what? What? Why? Why? Did you, <laughs> why were you turned off? Do you, from what I saw, E Dog was having a good time. So, there was moments when I'd wake up in my 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 sleep. And I'd be like, hey, that looks like some fun gore. And then I'd hit the snooze button again. What, 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 where did it do you wrong? I feel like that was probably the best way. Like you experienced it the best way possible, <laughs> which is waking up, seeing gore and going back to sleep. Um, my nephew works at the theater. So he let Dana and, I in, Dana and I in for free. So I don't feel as bad. Let me just say that uh, the premise is the Food Fighters go to make a 10th album. album. In a haunted house, and it goes as far as that premise. That's well, pretty much doesn't it. Doesn't Dave get the, their singer? He gets possessed. Sure, but you can sort of guess. I mean, basically, what we have here is sort of like a deadite style film. That's what Dana said. Dana said he thinks that Dave Grohl said he wanted to remake Evil Dead with his band. Here's my thing. I don't know anything about the fucking Foo Fighters, so there's like moments when they're writing this song, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Is it kind of Death Gasmus? ish in that they have to like write this song they'll like yeah. summon a demon or something like yep. that um they're writing like ever long is what you're talking about and then uh can't remember the second song so whenever they're playing the song that they're writing in the film it's like metal and so i had to turn to dana who it was only me and him in the auditorium i said is this what the foo fighters sound like no. and that's what he told me he was like well not their radio hits yeah, so no, they don't sound I guess, like that. I guess it was like metal because it's a horror movie. Yeah, and I guess it was supposed to be like doomy, like doom metal. Okay. Um, yeah, so like Studio 666, like I'll just get into it. Um, yeah, has cool gore gags, is not a like particularly well-made or well-shot movie, but it's like fun at times. Okay. And if That's it important. was, so it's two hours long. That's a yikes. And the issue with it is it's two hours long. That's a yikes. It needs to be, <laughs> this This movie needs to be less than 90 minutes. Yes. And if it was just wall-to-wall gore gags and stuff with Foo Fighters, like the Foo Fighters slasher movie it should be, like then it would have been good. But instead, you spend the entire film watching them try to make this song. Right. And it's extremely repetitive. Extremely repetitive. Like they, basically, let me explain to you what Studio 666 is. Every... 10 minutes, they go back into their little studio and Dave Grohl yells at him and says, we got to finish this song. And they say, but Dave, we've already done 22 minutes, man. How long is it going to be? Just a little while longer. And then they fucking do that same scene. And then 15 minutes later, it's the same bit. They go back in there. We got to finish the song. Dave, we've made a 33 minute song. How long is it going to be? 
The whole film is that. So like it has, I don't want to say like, obviously films don't have to have like this elaborate plot. It could just be a slatter film, splatter film, but it's just repetitive. And I was bored, bored as fuck. And the, and the, the, the word I have for studio six, 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 it was a fucking bummer. Damn. Like I left and I was, was like, two words. fuck. Like it was a bummer. Uh, I did enjoy the depreciating humor. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Like the film is not horrible. When I say it's a bummer, I mean like, oh, it's cool. It's like, oh, here, oh, here's the gore. It, it could have been funner. Yeah. But like, instead it was a bummer. Like, it, yeah. It's literally, here's the gore. Uh, let's watch them write the song for another 30 minutes. Here's the gore. Let's watch them write the song I for 10 minutes. I guess this is a spoiler, so you don't have to answer this. But when Dave Grohl starts killing off the band members, how do they keep writing the song? I didn't see that far because I fell asleep. So the band members don't die for a while. And when they do, he's like, he'll come back and finish it later. We'll do this. Like oh. he like talks it away. Gotcha. gotcha. But uh, it eventually just devolves and it's too fucking long. Like how is, how is a spider movie that's like evil dead fucking two hours long with the Foo Fighters? I hear you. I got, so anyway, Studio 666, not to shit on it. It is cool. Put the shit on it. And, and let me say this. I'm not a Studio Six, or I'm sorry. Foo Fighters. I'm not a Foo Fighters fan. Uh, you know, of course, I like their radio hits and stuff like everybody does. I'm not saying I dislike them, but I'm not like a fan. And like my brother said something that 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 made sense to me. He's like, if this was like a My Chemical Romance uh, movie, it was the exact same movie, but it was like the guys that I like from, for instance, My Chemical Romance. Gotcha. Or another good example would be like a Blink-182 movie. Um, and I got to hang out with people that like I like and have followed for a long time. Like I was a fan of, uh, maybe it would have been more forgiving. Yeah. I would have been way more forgiving. Makes sense to watch the Foo Fighters who I don't really care about. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. Make the song, man. Like that's the whole movie. And then there's some cool gore gags. Uh, it was just a bummer. I'll never watch this again. Don't want to think about it ever again. Damn. No, it was not bad. Two thumbs down from Kiki. I mean, yeah, I just didn't give a fuck about it at okay, all. If you rated on Letterbox, one out of five, where would you go? Um, one and a half. Damn. Yeah, one and a half. It just wasn't for me, gotcha. but I'm but it you. did have cool gore, you know. So it did have that like hatchet, uh, the BJ McDonald, like I guess you know he sort of Energy? brought probably brought that to this, but you know, That's I don't not know. Enough in this it case. just if it was shorter and dumber and crazier, you know, it could have been a deathgasm. Gotcha. But Deathgasm has like characters that you can like identify with and like and like things to care about. This film was we gotta fucking write the album, guys. Gotcha. And then gore gags. You know what I mean? I'm with you. So I just didn't care about it. But you know, it does have fun stuff. If you like the Foo Fighters, this is probably the greatest movie ever. It only made a million bucks, so nobody saw it. Yeah, but I'm I'm assuming people always it's gonna do that. find pe- it's gonna find people. Yeah, but did it really have like a big marketing no. push? You know what I mean? Like um, I don't mean to shit on the movie. It just was not for me. Okay. And that was Studio 666. That was Studio 666. Do you want to do a movie and then we'll talk to Kirst in a minute? Sure. I'll do a film that I okay, watched. Okay. Let's hear it, Eric. Okay. What have you been watching? Okay. this uh, I watched a 19... This is not a horror film. I watched a 1987 Carl Reiner comedy called Summer School. Not Rob Reiner. No. Rob Reiner's his son. Oh! <laughs> Uh, have you seen or heard of this film? Uh, I have heard of this film. I saw the Blu-ray coming out. Yes, Shout Factory put it out. That's yes. how I watched it. I found out about this film through like horror Twitter. <clears throat> okay. So, so you're probably wondering why the fuck would horror Twitter talk about summer school, right? I, I, I wasn't, but go ahead. Well, I was, motherfucker. It was enough for me to purchase a goddamn Blu-ray, which how, I thoroughly enjoyed. How much did it set you back? 
I don't know. Dial was like $25 on oh, Amazon. I'm probably. just kidding. Eric. No. Tell us about summer this school, Dial. Summer school was a treat. Delight. Very delightful, Dial. It was very yummy. Ooh. Okay, to say the least. Now let me talk about the goddamn film, and I'll explain why I couldn't pick a better episode to talk about summer school on. Tell it us hit why that fucking table, dog. Tell us why summer school shit was just sp- spiking on the fucking mic, shit, bitch. Tell us why summer school was yummy, dog. Okay, uh, this stars Mark Hammond, which I guess he's like in like NCIS now, and this is 1987, so he's like this like real yummy looking. Man, he's got his shirt off. He's down at the beach roller skating with his dog, which I love. The dog's name is Wonder Mutt. Uh, Mark Hammond's character is the PE coach for a high school. And when the film starts, um, it's the last day of school before summer, and everybody's just excited. They literally have countdown clocks until the bell rings to let them loose. And uh, we see one teacher is playing uh, lottery tickets, scratch-off lottery tickets. Uh, the final bell rings. Everybody's literally just rushing out of the school. The the kids, the teachers, you know, they all want to get the fuck out of there as fast as they can. And the one teacher who's playing the scratch off lottery tickets, he wins. And you learn that he's the summer school teacher. So he goes into the principal's office and he resigns. So now they need a summer school teacher. Eric's dream. So the, I don't want to coach. I don't want to fucking. I often think I've been a good student. But I couldn't coach nobody. Uh, no. Uh, I thought you were saying it was my dream to be a summer school teacher. Didn't you say he won the lottery? He does win the lottery. Okay, I was saying your dream. You win the lottery, walk in, and quit. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I mean, who's, who doesn't have that dream? I think everybody does. <laughs> okay. So now the vice prison, uh, principal, he's got to scramble to try to find a teacher for summer school. And he's able to target Mark Hammond. He threatens him with his job. So Mark Hammond Harmon agrees to it, but when he gets there, he doesn't give a fuck. The kids that are uh, required to retake this English class, they don't give a fuck. So they do what you would do when you don't give a fuck about school. They go on, E-Dog's going to use air quotations here, uh, field trips. But really, they go ride roller coasters and they go ride go-karts and they're all just having a good, fun time just fucking off, not doing what they should be doing. Well, one of the students' parents finds out, and he goes. And the, and the parent uh, rats on what uh, Mark Hammond is doing. Can I stop Harmon. You? Harmon. Hammond. Harmon. I'm going to be using a bunch of different names now, but keep up. It's all the same guy. This reminds me of my uh, – so we did a top five non-horror list, and my, my number five on my top five non-horror list of all time was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, you would love summer school. Okay, it sounds similar. This is such a fun, lighthearted flick. But I'm getting to why you're gonna you would like it even more. Okay, uh, there's some real characters you and I specifically can identify with. Okay, so are they like losers? You, I'm getting there, Gene. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay, so um, whenever he's threatened with his job the second time, he says, "Okay, I'm really gonna try to teach these kids." But we know that these kids they don't give a fuck, right? So. You learn that each one of the kids, they need a favor. They need help somehow outside of work. Uh, You learn that one kid, he got kicked off the football team because of his grades, but he wants to be able to stay in shape, so he needs a workout partner. Uh, Another one of the students uh, is pregnant, and she needs a Lamaze partner. So another girl, she wants to take her license, uh, her driving test, but she needs help uh, learning how to drive a car. 
So Mark Hammond, okay, I'll help you do all these things outside of school, but then you got to promise me you're going to do some fucking schoolwork. All right, so shenanigans continues to ensue. Now, there's two kids, Francis and Dave, right? And Mark Hammond is calling roll. And when, <laughs> okay. he gets, and when he gets to Francis, Francis tells him, don't call me that. Call me Chainsaw. And, and Mark Hammond's like, as in Black and Decker? And Francis is like, no, as in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you learn Chainsaw and Dave are just these big horror fans. Okay. Uh, throughout the, the film, they, they're like constantly doing like gore gags to like try to scare the other students or try to scale, to scare like some of the t- other teachers or their, or their parents. And, 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 and why would we identify with them? Because they're horrible. I'm just kidding here. Go ahead. And uh, Chainsaw's request is he wants to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in class. Nice. So it's just this really fun, lighthearted film where two of the characters are uh, horror movie fans. And it was just a fucking delight. That sounds awesome, Eric. Yeah, it was a lot That sounds of, like something I'd like. It, I think you would love it, actually. Uh, and then, you know, I, I liked it because it was like a fun film. But then it was like... This added dash of like, oh, there's horror movie characters. I like them as well. Yeah. So it was like, I liked it even more as a horror movie fan myself. I wonder if it came out around the same time as Ferris Bueller. Like, I, I wonder if they're related. Da. Nah, don't I? Ah, sure. I already pulled out the phone. Hey, Charlotte, already put out the phone, dog. Okay, so Summer School is 1987, and Ferris Bueller was... 89. 86? Ooh, so I wonder if it was wow. a reaction to it is what That's I was getting great at. Great double. <clears throat> All right, Doss. So that was summer school. Sorry for taking so long. No, that was great, Doc. Uh, I definitely want to check it out. Um, and and I would and I found out about it because people would talk about Chainsaw and Dave. Yeah, and I'm like, who the? F- I think don't. I might be wrong, but I feel like Fright Rags. or Cavity Colors. I could just be making this all up right now. Like they've done like a Chainsaw and Dave maybe, t-shirt. and I didn't understand it. Maybe right. I, I did, that's the first time I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, it's cool. It almost sounds like. I mean, I'll never forget. Like. Uh, just to add on to it, like my discovery of um, it's going to sound, it's going to sound normal now because everybody fucking talks about it, but whatever it was, like maybe eight years ago or, or it was a while ago, I discovered the burbs. Mm. I'm with you. And I was like, this is like one of my new favorite movies of all time. And that never happens like all time, all time. And I'm not saying this is that, but it kind of reminds me of that where you're like, oh, why didn't I see this this whole fucking time? Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to, like, watch this again. Like, I can't wait to, like, uh, revisit it. Try to show it to my mom or nephew or something. Yeah. yeah. No, that it sounds awesome. A treat. And that is? Carl Reiner's 1987 Summer School. And you watched it with, with the Shout Factory Blue. Nice. Eric. Yeah. We'll go to The Cursed. Let's go to The Goddamn Cursed. This is a <clears> film that I stayed awake for and, and i ultimately didn't like it i thought there was a lot of cool things about the cursed let's I, get into I it i pretty much agree um do you want to explain what it is a little bit or sure sure this is 19th century france uh i can't believe you remembered like the era uh this is and this is boyd holbrook yes this is my boy you're from logan we get a little bit of Ke- the, kelly the, the predator kelly riley kelly riley yep Okay. I think she's in like a tub or something at one point. Uh, a boy goes missing and Boyd Holbrook is a pathologist who agrees to help the boy go missing. 
the film leads you to believe it's going to be a werewolf film. Yes. But I think it differentiates itself enough that it's not a werewolf film. And the ideas that it does present to change itself from a, a werewolf film, I'm going to say is original. Yeah, I mean, th- this movie, um, definitely, all I knew was like, oh, that werewolf movie. Right. And, that, uh, I feel like that's even the way it's marketed, like the poster with the teeth. Yep. And it was sort of hard to um, pinpoint because I hadn't seen a lot of marketing. So once I knew we were getting it in our in our small town, we, we rarely get things like The Cursed. Right. I was like, ooh, well, I'm not going to watch a trailer then at all. I'll just go fucking see it. Um, so and it was rated R. Yes. Which is a plus. And so... When I saw it, it was sort of uncovering at the time, and uh, I was super impressed by it. Uh, very well shot, very pretty movie, a lot of uh, uh, candlelit scenes. I'm glad you said that. There are exterior shots. I don't know if it's the sun or the moon, but I almost feel like I like the movie as much as I do based on just that scenery. Yeah, it was, and it looked... It's very gothic. It's very Hammer Horror-ish. You know, fog rolling across the fields. Really pretty looking. And I was surprised how, like, it, it looked expensive. Yeah. Like, who the fuck, like, wanted to make this? Who wanted to make a Boyd Holbrook werewolf film? Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately, it I was... It was too long. It's too long. <laughs> it's boring. Um, but it does have, like... So, there's a difference between this and Studio 666. Okay. So, Studio 666 has, like, gore gags that I feel like are just, like, comic. Okay. That... The Cursed has the gore that, like, I'm looking for, which is, like, dead serious, right. tonally upsetting, like, gore where, like, there's this scene, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, there's a scene where a creature that might be a werewolf because it looks like a werewolf movie um, is, like, chasing someone in a, in a field. And oh, it, yeah. And it, like, runs past them and swipes them. So fast. So fast. And the camera just points down and this person's whole arm is, like, destroyed. Right. Like, it's just, like, ripped up and you can see, like, veins and blood. And I was like... And, and the person's, like, looking at it, like, oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. Right. Um, so, like, those things, I was like, fuck, yeah. Like, let's go. Uh, there's a part where a, a character gets crucified. But before the character is crucified, he gets his hands and feet cut off. Yes. And I was like, holy shit. And it's super. I didn't know we were going to go there. Yeah. So, I was it, definitely on board for that shit. And, again, like, it's like, okay, well, like, is it, like, you know, Studio 666. I bring it up to say, like, that's, like, comedic gore. Which this, is fine. We like splat oh, stick. But. You have to do that really good. And this right. was like upsetting mm. gore. And like uh, that scene you're talking about, they just like matter of factly just cut his hands and feet off. And I was like, holy shit. And it, and it, and it's upsetting because like they're victims. Yeah. So that kind of makes it, um, I guess more effective. Yeah. Whereas I guess I kind of want the splatter. And while this isn't splatter, it's still like upsetting violence. Yeah, this is. Does more, that make sense? Yeah, sure. This is more like the playbook of like Ari Aster violence, or okay, um, you okay. know, where it's so matter of fact and like, you know, it's almost it's it's upsetting, right? Violence. It's, it's um, yeah, there's a brutality to it, right? And a physicality to it. You know, mm. it's not s- slice someone's head off and there's blood splattering out. Which is fine. <laughs> hey, no. We're okay with that too. Yeah. But uh, I was just super impressed with like the the sort of the the brutality of the gore. And so those things had me. Uh, uh, Kelly Riley's in it. The reason I brought her up is because the only reason I, I did is it's a reason to bring up fucking Eden Lake. Um, the Dimension Extreme movie. With Michael Fassbender. I know what you're talking about. Yep. And she's in that. And those two are incredible in that movie. So I just want to say shout out Eden Lake. Watch Eden Lake. It's far more upsetting than this movie. Definitely. Um, But that's what I'm looking for. 
So, you know, The Cursed. Ultimately, cool. Uh, Original? Yes. But, like, this was not, like, something, like, I know I I liked it more than you, but, like, I saw Antlers last year. And, like, this made me think of Antlers because it's, like, a creature film with, like, matter-of-fact violence. And, uh, man, Antlers is way better than this. Like, way more engaging. Mm. But this is really cool. And, uh, ultimately, I think the film is, like, trying to make statements on, um, like, uh, I'm going to say Native Americans, but I think this takes place in... I think France. France. But um, uh, taking people's land, I guess, is a way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, like, that's kind of what the film is saying. So I did like that as well. It's just sort of boring and slow, but but it is good. It's interesting. You know, if I watch this at home, I might not have liked it as much, but sitting in a theater having to stay attentive, I did enjoy it. Well, can I complain about the Carlsbad Island Theater? Yes. Single mom, three or four children, literally ranging from newborn to maybe eight. In the cursed? In and out, in and out, in and out. It was giving and me not, anxiety. Not, not the good way, in and out. Yeah, not the good way. It was giving me anxiety for the film to end because I just needed to get away from these goddamn people, which is probably shitty of me to say. But who brings their four children to the cursed on a 7.30 Saturday night? It's about as bad of a choice as you could possibly make. Like... Oh, like you, you, they'd be better off going to watch Studio 666 than The Cursed. And those were not the people that left. I'm convinced the people that that did leave was probably because of their etiquette. Oh, I got you. And that's classic Carlsbad movie theater etiquette. And with that, Eric, that was The Cursed. That was The Cursed. So I guess we're kind of lukewarm on it, but uh, we liked it. I I would tell someone to watch it. You know me, like it's interesting and well-made. So like, I'm like, I sort of admire it, but I didn't love it or anything. Gotcha. You know? Um, So it is cool, but definitely be prepared for like, (laughs) I feel like a dick saying, but like a boring sit, but with like explosions of like violence and gore where you're like, whoa. Um, But ultimately not a lot. Yeah. So- the cursed. That's a cursed, though. Can can I can E Dog do another one? Yes, let's do another one. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to just blind buy uh, Arrow horror titles because I feel like this is the closest I'm going to get to like discovering new horror films. So let's just say, but this also means Eric bought because of this Microwave Massacre. This is true. And Eric was like, "Duh." Don't watch Microwave Massacre, Don. I was like, good. I won't buy it. One of my favorite memories in my life is high school. Let's uh, wind the clocks back. There used to a be year. there used to be a video rental store. There was one time there was three video rental stores in Carlsbad, New Mexico. The there Halcyon was, days. There was there was Hastings, which we if you listen to us, you know what we're talking about. Movie gallery. There was movie gallery, and then there was Carlsbad Video. Which is a place that I rarely stepped foot in. And Carlsbad Video was weird because it was also always a pet store as well. So it was like you could pick up food for your fucking fish and rent a film. So you could rent a film and it would smell like piss. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember renting, I think, Castlevania 4 from the Super Nintendo from there. Anyways, there was a time. (laughs) This is like 2005, 2006 maybe, where... They were finally getting rid of their VHSs. They were upgrading their DVD, duh. You've told this story before, but yes, go ahead. So all their VHSs, it was like, buy three, get one, get get a fourth one free or some bullshit like that. And it was such a treat just like finding bullshit like that. So I kind of feel like this is what Arrow does for me now. 
before you move on, it let me, fills my Carlsbad video void. I remember like um, late in VHS, uh, late in the VHS game, Hastings still had VHS tapes to mm-hmm. rent, and they had a horror section. And I want to say that at a certain point, all VHS rentals were 99 cents. Yes. And remember, like at the time, you know, I'm young. I don't really have like a job or if I did, I don't have a lot of money. So 99 cents is like a big deal. Yeah. So I remember I was like, fuck, let's rent all these horror movies. We'll watch them on VHS. And we put the first one in. And this is after we had been watching DVD for too long. And I was like, oh, never mind. (laughs) What film was it? Uh, Actually... It was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We oh, thought nice. it was. I had, of course, already seen it. I have the blue. Uh, I'm sorry. At the time, I had a steel book of the Dark D- Sky. Right? Yes, of the DVD. And I still have it. I still have it, but it's at my parents' house in a box. And if they asked me, I would tell them to throw it away to burn it. Um, but I don't. Let me say this: a few people that listen to us do collect VHS, and I love it. I love the aesthetic. I love the. The idea of VHS. I mean, I grew up watching so much VHS. We used to rent kids' movies when I was a kid. I loved it. But man, it looks horrible. Um, so I remember being like, oh, yeah, never mind. We're, but let me also say this. Okay. The, these were VHS that were rented a thousand times. Sure. So they probably looked even worse. But that was the last experience I had with the VHS. And it's like, yeah. I don't have – I have nostalgia for the art and the physical piece of VHS that you hold – uh, because I used to do that, but not the, quality. the actual quality of it, I just, you know me, fuck, what am I saying? This goes right in with it. With This is perfectly encapsulates me. I'm the guy that talks about 4K all the time. Like, die, you gotta see the new 4K on this stupid shit. Yes, yes. Um, Eric, I'm gonna keep going about Hastings though for a moment. Uh, Hastings was in this strip called Northgate. Yes. And part of North, and, and Northgate was all cemented, right? And so there was this like little plaza area with benches. Yes. And one of the greatest nights of my life. Uh, you I lost w- your No, virgin- even better than that. Oh, okay. Even yeah. better than that. Went to Hastings, rented the first Friday the 13th on VHS, got a soda from their soda machine, and then we just like skated for the rest of the night. And it was the best thing ever, knowing that then I was just going to go home and watch Friday the 13th. Those are the fucking days, da. And the thing, well, the Halcyon days. The thing is about them, um, the best part about renting something physical like that was you had no choice but to go home, watch the entire thing from front to back, and take it back. Now, with. And you couldn't cry about it on social media. And so, like, man, I remember, like, especially in video games, like, I would play video games, like, front to back. I'd 100%, I'd get fucking every goddamn collectible. And now you can't even get me to finish the Halo Infinite fucking story. Uh, you know how like the achievements will tell you how much progress you've made? Yes. I'm at 94%. So one of the big plans for this weekend is to finish it. Wow. Yep. And extremely aspirational plans. Yes. I'm going to finally finish the Halo 6 story. Will you finish it though so we can speak spoilers? I want to. I definitely want okay. to. Um let me also just wrap that up with to say the reason that I'm bringing that up is obviously everyone knows with so much VOD and so much uh, choice, so much content, yeah. you can also just click the next thing. So there's no like you can click out of what you just clicked, right? So there's no buy-in to anything that you watch except for like the subscription fee. But usually there's already so much other stuff you don't even care. How amazing! Uh, and and I guess I may get. This may be a bad thing to say. Okay. But you're not going to say it. How amazing is it that Scream 5 is just on Paramount Plus already? Okay. I, I loved 
the Hastings renting of VHS days, but like that's also pretty fucking cool too. Yeah, no, it's cool, but like you know me, I'm gonna wait for my 4K Steelbook to come in to rewatch it. I'm, not I'm doing both. It. I'm not gonna watch it on Paramount Plus. Oh, I'm doing both. But I'm hoping my mom's down to watch it tomorrow. I'm hoping your mom is down as well to watch it tomorrow. Eat shit and live. Okay. Sleepaway uh, camp. Your story about the film you're about to review. Sleepaway camp. Anybody? Okay. Is, is <laughs> hey, my Eric's pointing around. Wait. Anybody? Oh, damn. Anybody? It, damn. It took all that just to get to Deadly Games? Oh, I thought this was Eric's Revenge. Oh, no. God damn. That movie sucked, and I'll get to it. Okay. Go ahead. No. The, the, okay. So, Arrow put out a film, I think just last month. Uh, it was a slasher film called Deadly Games, 1982, directed by a man by the name of Scott Mansfield. And I'm going to dub this the Ghoul Squad movie. Okay. Why? Because as watching this film, it made me think of you and I. Here is why. There's an actress. Her name, Robin Hoff, the lead character, her name's Keegan. Really? Yeah. So wow. I, thought was I thought it'd be fun to like, okay, I don't know anything about Photoshop. Take the artwork. And make a Keegan Hoff? And take off Deadly <laughs> Games and put Ghoul Squad. You know, Eric, we could just get married for that. Uh, that's not what I'm getting at. No, I'm uh, just kidding. Okay, but let me talk about Deadly Games. I really like this. Was Okay, this was not Microwave Massacre. This was one that I was happy that I just dropped $27 on a blind buy. I'm getting this confused with Death Game. This is Deadly yes. Games. I get it now. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, it starts. This woman, she gets home. It's light. It's nighttime. And her name's Keegan. This is not Keegan. This is Keegan's sister. Yikes. So, she gets home. She starts to undress. She's driving along. She goes outside. She starts playing with her titties. Oh! So, I'm already like five stars on this film. Uh, the phone rings. She answers it. And it's this man who goes, oh, I like the blouse that you're wearing. You know, freaks her out. She hangs up. So, she thinks she's alone, but then somebody enters the house. And it's a masked man in a ski mask. And he's chasing her throughout the house. And she falls out one of her, I guess it's the second story window, falls, dies. So that motivates her sister, Keegan, uh, to come and kind of wrap up what's happened. You know, they don't initially say that it was murder. You know, it doesn't add up the way she's fallen out of the window. But, you know, she's reconnecting with her, um, her mother. She's reconnecting with old friends from this town. And what's great is... These are definitely like 35-plus-year-olds playing 35-plus-year-olds. But, man, they were just a real treat to hang out with. They're a lot of fun. There's a part where they're just playing football. And I was like, I could, and they're just like talking shit to each other. And they're just joking. And they're fucking, you know, uh, rib-nudging with their elbows. And I was like, I could just watch this film because I thought these characters were so much fun. Uh, one of the kids, I'm going to say kids, but it's not kids because, I, like I said, they're adults. Uh he runs a theater, and they just show horror movies. Oh. And so he's always trying to get prints of, you know, the next horror film that they can show. But you learn that he's a Vietnam vet. He's suffering from PTSD. He's got some health problems. He's the odd one. You know, people aren't too sure about uh, this guy. Uh, somebody keeps knocking off um, the other characters. And this entire time while I'm watching it, in addition to thinking about us, I was like, is this Scream before Scream? But not really. Like, just the likable characters. One of them's obsessed with horror films. There's the phone calls from the killers. Well, I was going to say the opening of the film sounds like Scream. Um, I would like say... Phone what? call, mass killer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was a really fun 
a slasher that made me think of an even better slasher. Violent? Uh, no, no, but I mean, I, okay. wouldn't, I wouldn't dock it for it not being sure. I was just violent. Wondering. Do you know who Steve Railsback is? He was Ed Gein in the Ed Gein film. Yes, he's the weirdo. Oh, um, but yeah, this was really fun. Nice. If if you were looking for the new old shit, the new hotness, the, then Edar would say, check out the Deadly Game starring. Robin Hoff. Nice. With someone named Keegan. With a with a character named Keegan, which is I thought was funny. No, that's good, Eric. That was interesting. The E Dog. Love it, Doc. Okay. And that is Deadly Games. Yes. Arrow Blu-ray. Arrow Blue. Eric. Does Arrow do 4K? Yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah. They do. They just yep. I think they're doing a American Werewolf in London, like right now. I think so. Yeah. I don't want to get it because I just bought the Universal restoration, the the Blu-ray, I feel like I don't need a 4K of that. I just bought the single disc blue from Arrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I just recently got the Howling. Oh, yeah. You got it signed. Yes, yeah, signed. Personalized. And Alligator in it 4K. It says 2K dot. Did you get Alligator signed or something? Or? Nope. Where did you get Alligator from? Amazon. Okay, me too. I just thought it'd be fun to order a 4K of fucking a movie Alligator. Well, I'm like, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm like super excited. I also ordered the sequel. Yeah, that that it'd be an awesome double feature. We should yeah. do that sometime. We'll never see each other again. Yeah. And with that, Eric, uh, what do you got? What else? I have one watch? more thing. Okay, me too. <clears throat> My one more thing is not horror, but it's post-apocalyptic sci-fi. Okay. So it you know it's genre, and it's HBO's uh, miniseries Station Eleven. Okay. Um, if you're out there and you've watched this, hello, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Station Eleven. This is. The quickest way to say it is this is a pandemic limited series. This is about a flu that wipes most of the planet off the earth or fuck most of the planet off the earth. Did you hear that? Uh, Most of the people off the planet and the few that survive band together. And it's about people living in the post-apocalypse. Okay. But But the series starts with a man uh, finding, uh, leaving a play. And there's a little girl standing outside waiting for a ride, but the ride never comes. So he decides to help take the girl home to her house because she's alone in New York. Actually, Chicago. Alone in Chicago. On their way home, uh, they get tipped off that the planet is coming to an end. And so he makes the decision to take her with him to his brother's apartment and hold up because the world's about to end is she upset about this the child? she doesn't know quite yet okay and the crux early on is sort of like lone wolf and cub or the last of us okay which is with that you end up with a girl a little girl that you feel like you need to take care of but you don't know who she is you're not it's not they're not yours right and what i will say is the show is a lot more than that it's not just that uh, it, there's a huge time jump eventually. I think it's like fucking 20 years or something. And so now we're talking like fucking I am legend status where there's like vines growing in the city and shit. And, uh, ultimately like this show ends up being, uh, about this traveling, um, fuck. I don't remember what their name is. Traveling symphony, I think is their name. And what they are is they do plays. And this is like 20 years after the world ended. So is the, the flu still around? No. But the people that are still alive, 
they've started a traveling play. So because you can't watch movies, there's no play. It's entertainment. Is there no electricity in this world? No electricity. Okay. So in order for entertainment, they've created, you know, hey, we'll be actors and we'll do plays and we'll travel uh, this area. And we, you know, basically can further art, even though art can no longer be made other than like a book. Right. Ultimately, you know, uh, it's kind of a huge show. That's why I'm struggling because it's about 10 hours long, you know, 10 episodes. And, uh, it explores like so many different things about humanity. And, uh, there's more characters than the two that I said, but ultimately there's a lot of like exploration of fate and finding people when you need them. And, uh, you know, getting help from unexpected places in life. And then the show, like its whole literal, uh, like ethos is basically just keep going. Like we're, we're here on this planet to continue living and to like, what's the point of everything? And there isn't really, it's just living for each other, helping each other. And so it's like this ultimately super optimistic idea of like what would happen if the world ended. And of course we are living through a pandemic currently. And obviously it's nowhere near to this extent, right? The world hasn't ended yet, Eric, yet. Yet. But, um, you know, this, this fucking thing blew my mind. Really? And ultimately this isn't, wow. I know I use the word ultimately a lot. Uh, it doesn't have, it's not really a horror TV show. It's not, but it's genre. And this appealed to like every part of me, which is like, uh, deadly serious. You know, there's an episode that ends where a woman is, they're finding out that like this flu is taking over and, and she's at a hotel in like, I can't remember, like Hong Kong or something. And it comes over the loudspeaker. Like, uh, there's this pandemic happening and, we're not sure what's ha- going to happen, but please stop by the front desk and get your uh, complimentary door sealing kit. And what it is is like tape and shit to seal your door off so you don't get the flu. And it's like this horribly downtrodden idea of like the world's ending. So ultimately, it's like super melancholic, but by the end of it, super aspirational in the post-apocalypse of like finding people when you need them to like continue going mm. and staying alive essentially. And so does it sound like something I would enjoy? Yes. So I loved it. Station 11 blew my mind early on. I thought, not sure, not sure. And then of course I was like, Oh, I get it. Like about five episodes in and then uh, great story based on a book. Loved it. My man loves an HBO drama. Me? Yes. Yes, I do. Especially yes. limited series. Yes. I love a good limited series, especially about the human condition. Okay. I do. Like, obviously, I loved Big Little Lies. I loved Sharp Objects. Those are by the same person and different. But um, I, True Detective, of course. Anything that's about exploring human condition, HBO Limited Series, count me in. If it's about fucking dragons and swords, count me out. Damn! Count me fucking out, Doc. Okay, duh. I feel like that was a personal attack on your brother. No. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> I just don't care about Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, But... That's okay if you do out there. That's right. You watch what you want to watch. Yes. And with that, Station Eleven. It's a limited series, so it's not a commitment, right? It's not like Yellow Jackets, where I loved Yellow Jackets. That's Showtime. But Yellow Jackets is now going to be like a series. Right. It's going to continue. Station Eleven, get in, get out, cry. I like getting in and getting out. 
I do too. I cried a lot. I laughed. I love Station Eleven. Damn. Please check it out. Damn, that's a that's a resounding uh, uh, recommendation. Yes, very much liked it. Again, I know this is a horror podcast, but you know we like to talk about genre here. Loved it, Eric. Yes. What's your final thing? I got one more, and this was another Arrow blind buy that I am disappointed that I spent money on because this movie fucking sucked, dog. And it was like this like big deal. Uh, it, and it, I don't know if it's still out of print, but like it's like going for like seventy plus dollars now, which is fucking wild. Because if I paid seventy dollars for this film, do you know how hurt I would be? This is Phantom of the Mall. Uh, Eric's Revenge. Eric's Revenge. This is a nineteen eighty nine film directed by a man named Richard Friedman. Um, it's about this new mall that has just gone up. It's supposed to bring in tons of jobs for this city. Uh, the city's called Midwood, and you learn that the building. Uh, the, the land that it was built on, it was once it was once a neighborhood of homes, but the the people who owned the mall, you know, like they were able to like buy out um the the residents, you know, get them to move, except for one family. And uh there's this evil henchman asshole dude uh who sets this house on fire. And the guy who gets caught in the fire is this guy named Eric, right? So now Eric's girlfriend, who who presumes Eric is dead, she gets a job at the mall. And whenever things aren't going her way, Eric is there to rescue her. But she doesn't know that he's still alive. He, she doesn't know that he's still hiding in the in the rafters. The shadows. And there's like not much more to it other than like evil developers and this guy is trying to get his revenge. Rocks. And it was just like fucking bullshit. Like he, you learn that before this was even a mall he had like an underground bunker. So his underground bunker is still there where he just lifts weights and he knows karate. And it was just like, fuck all this. Uh, however, Ken four is one of the security guards. And I thought, okay, I can get behind this Ken four in another horror film set in a mall. Otherwise fuck this fucking stupid film. I just thought like this idea isn't working for E dog. And I did not like violent, not violent. Ooh, it was just, it was like ultimate sin. You know, if it's not gonna be good, at least give me some gore. There was some titties. No, I was. I, you know, I watched these back to back on Sunday, and I was like, "Well, thanks to Arrow, at least I'm seeing some titties." Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, so, you because know, otherwise Eric wouldn't lost. see any. Yes. So, <laughs> so thank you, Arrow Video. Um, this is just we can all I thank can, Arrow can, Video can, for more titties. This is just not a film E Doc can recommend in good health and mind. Doc. Even though it's, it's E Bob's Revenge, it's, it was just like boring. It was like this is like a film where it's like, oh, it's a wacky premise that'll save the film, right? No, yikes! I just, it, I mean, watch Chopping Mall instead. Shout out to Russell. I think he made the E Bob's Revenge joke on our Instagram about this movie. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. Yes, shout out Russell. Okay, so. So Phantom Eric's Revenge mall. sucked. I didn't. And, and then that was like another thing. Like Arrow made it this like big collector's item with right. like a hundred postcards in it and, and, and a booklet and a poster. And man, uh, people like this film. Yeah. It's Count E-Dog, not one of them. Well, sorry. If you like Phantom of the Mall out there. Let me throw out another Arrow uh, film that had a big collector's edition and was expensive now. Uh, Eric's Revenge, Phantom of the Mall or Blood Rage. Blood Rage is like high art <laughs> okay, compared to bullshit-ass Phantom of the Mall. I, that was a uh, setup, Eric, The for Mutilator. Goddamn. Amazing. And the Mutilator's not that good. But goddamn, dog. Give me the Mutilator any time, day or night over Phantom of the Mall. Wow. Um, it, microwave Massacre? Just shoot me in the head. Okay, all right, Eric. Uh, the, the one positive thing I can say about Phantom of the Mall is the way Eric is... This is fucking dumb. 
But I tell you, he practices like martial arts. So he like wears this hat and he's got long hair. And that has got to be where they got the idea of Terry from Final Fighter. I'm convinced. I don't know what year Final Fighter came out, but I'm convinced they fucking uh, modeled that character from this bullshit ass film. Do you think anyone here knows, knows what Final Fighter what is? Final Fighter is, Eric. I, I mean, fighting games are popular. Yeah, I I, uh, I played a game called Clay Fighter. <laughs> in 1994 on my Nintendo 64. Yes. yes. Yeah. Man, Mortal Kombat on the fucking... I'm going to say some shit right now, Doc. What? And I don't know if I should say this because then it's on record. Uh-oh. And, you know... I, well, I'll, I'll Eric, preface Eric, it with Be this. careful what you say because a lot of people listen to this That's episode. That's true. That's true. But I'll preface it with this. I'm guilty of saying I'm going to do something and then I don't do it. As I just said, I'm super close to finishing the Halo Infinite uh, campaign. So I'm trying to decide, what do I play next? There's so much available. There's I, I'm so almost, much out there, right? I'm almost done with Cyberpunk, finally. God damn, it's so good. Uh, I was thinking, do I start Dying Light 2? I got a copy of that. I got a copy of Far Light 6. I got a copy of the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Are these all physical copies? Those are all physical copies, That's crazy. Duh. Go ahead. Duh. I have to insert them in my fucking, fucking Xbox. Nuts, Duh. How crazy is that? I feel like... There's a lot of things about you that are fucking nuts. And that's the what? most nuts thing is you have a fucking physical copy <laughs> of, video of games? Dying Light 2. I bought a physical copy of Halo Infinite, even though I just downloaded it Let from Game Pass. Let me say this. At least you're a giant fan of Halo, so I could see collecting Halo releases. Sure. Okay. In, in today's day and age, you should not be buying a physical copy of Aliens Fireteam Elite. I did do that. That's crazier. Okay. Here's, here's the bombshell I'm dropping. Wasn't it on Game Pass like a week later? Kind of. Do you have Game Pass? I do. That's crazy. You bought so I never bought Halo Infinite because I have it on Game Pass. Well, I mean, I, I do like Halo that much, and I'm a physical media fair, guy. Fair, fair for Halo. Fair for Halo. Um, here's the bombshell I'm about to drop. There's all this available shit to me to play next. Okay. I think I'm gonna replay Red Dead Redemption 2. That'd be cool, though. Especially yeah. on the Series X. It's been four years. I'm gonna tell I've you been, this. I've been wanting to replay that game for so long. It'll play much much better you know what's funny is like i played it originally like on my launch xbox yes. one and there's like big climactic moments where like suddenly you're thrusted into action yeah and like it the chugged. game would just stutter along yeah, yeah. And like there's one i have in my mind that i can't wait to see so again they didn't upgrade that to series x but they did to one x so you'll uh, play the one x no one x version and i'm telling you it'll be much better. i'm a geek you know uh way better did Way you better. see where they're finally doing series and... GTA? Yeah. I already pre-ordered it. Nice. nice. So they're doing the Series X version of GTA 5, and I pre it was $20 pre-order. Yeah. I did it instantly. I was like, instant pre-order. Damn. I that's have to have GTA in the best quality at all times. That's that's another one that uh, I would like to eventually re-get to. But, yes, I think I'm going to play Red Dead 2 next. Nice. Might be official because I just said it on the pod. We'll see. Well, there's going to be a lot of people out there holding you to it, Don. The, the other two that I think about all the time is Cyberpunk and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Because those were just both incredible, incredible games. I'm yeah. sorry. We're talking I, about uh, video games on a whole I'm almost pod. done with Cyberpunk. But anyways. Yeah. Let's keep going. Eric. Yes. Now I got no more bullshit unless, unless we're talking Terror Tunes. I think we're supposed to review TCM here. Oh, okay. Because let's it's not that. the final presentation. The final presentation is the ranking. Let me ask you this then. I'm saying present. Should I say presentation? Uh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, God. It became one of those words. <laughs> one of those words. Yeah. Now. Hey, let's do it now. 
ranking I TCM? Think? Yes. Okay. I'm 100% down with that. We're going to talk TCM. Wait, no, not ranking. We're going to review the film. What did I say? TCM. You said ranking. I'm on a lot of drugs right now. Okay. Can I take a piss? Yes. Okay. So <sighs> now we are going to discuss the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Well, I guess we could call it Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Yes. This and is available on Netflix right now. Right. Go hit play. And we've sort of been calling it the Netflix one. I will say this is not a Netflix production. I feel like that should be clear off the bat. Eric's drinking a beer. Yes, I am. No, it's a uh, liquid death water. Is it? <laughs> or did he put a koozie on it? Uh-oh. Um, no. So like, I do think it's an important distinction. Like, of course, uh, we know like inside stuff, um, not us. I mean, horror fans. I meant not me and Eric, right? Uh, this is not made by Netflix. So I think it's an important distinction because Netflix does make some stuff. They acquired this. This is just acquired. This was supposed to go to theater. Right. And I very much wish it did because I would have liked it even more in theater, but we'll get to that. Um, but Eric, yeah, why don't you tell us about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022? Yeah, uh, we're going like, to review this, and I'll, then we're going to do Terror Tunes, and then rank the entire franchise. Okay. Go ahead, Eric. I, I would love to tell you how fucking awesome the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, yeah. is. Um, it's about a group of kids, uh, four of them. Uh, two of them are uh, food truck vendors. Um, they find a ghost town in Texas called Harlow. Uh, a bunch Jack of, Harlow. A bunch of the buildings have been uh, foreclosed on. They think that they can uh, buy some of these buildings, uh, bring their business out there, and that fellow young individuals like themselves will be enthusiastic to want to do the same. Yes. Uh, they are hoping to bring life to this uh, ghost town. What they don't know is uh, our good friend and pal, our friendly neighborhood... Leather fuck, <laughs> Leatherface, uh, Leatherface uh, resides in this small town, and they quickly run afoul of him. Yes, and uh, let's let's start off the bat with things around the film. Okay, sure. So obviously, it's an extremely controversial film. Uh, I I might be the only person who loves it. I'm not sure. I would say that I love it, but I liked it. You, you, Dana and Melissa said it was fine. I love this film. I don't think I used the word fine, did I? I liked it. You liked it? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, the things I liked about it, we'll get to, but let's just start off the bat with it's a controversial film. It feels like a movie that people really like or really hate. Why do, why do you think it was so controversial? Do you think people... I felt like people were knocking this before we saw it. People I, were knocking I feel that, that way trailer. as well. And I feel like people instantly, like the sort of 2020... I'll use the word 2020 because I feel like it, it represents it better. The sort of 2020-ness of it, which I know is 2022, but, you know, um, setting it su in such a modern idea of, like, number one, sort of, I'll use the word gentrification is kind of what they're doing. Two, setting it against the backdrop of, like, using cas cancel culture lines. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, having scenes of, like, the Confederate flag and gun-toting Texans. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, when the film started, I feel, like, I feel like I can't blame people for like being turned off by sort of the wokeness of it. I, I thought this was going to be woke TCM, and I want to and I want to say that I cringed when I said the wokeness. But you, everyone knows what we're talking about when yes. we say that. Now, I don't think it stays that. Let me say this, okay? 
So I guess we're going to talk the film now. Yeah, let's talk the fucking film, Dallas. Get into it. You know, it. for me, man, you, you've heard me say this a lot. One single element does not ruin a film for me. Okay. So simply because the characters are sort of one note and not, except for one, which we'll get to, but one note that sort of, uh, you know, it's sort of this 2020 film about young people that most people, like we're older than the kids that this is speaking to. Sure. And so I understand the instant hatred of that idea, but Again, one element does not make the film for me. What else makes it? The setting, the way it's shot, and particularly with this film, the fucking gore and violence. I feel like this is pretty glossy. It is. But also, you know, you have Leatherface. I mean, people are making fun of the way he looks. Like, I think he looks fucking cool. I love the depiction of Leatherface in this film. Why don't you go, Eric? I, I feel like I've done a little bit. You go. Okay, uh, so... What do you like about it? Okay, so uh, I'll start with Leatherface. I mean, because that's what we're here for, right? Yes. That's what E-Dog is here for. So the this film is presented as a direct sequel to the original film. And uh, I feel like that makes that kind of muddies the waters in terms of time because if he's supposed to be 60 in this, then he's 13 in the original film. But let's look past that. I was going to say, again... The least of my concerns. Let's look past yeah. that. I, I, my, there's a part of my brain that thinks of these things. You know, uh, another I, one. I, uh, I feel bad because I don't want to be like the the opposite of logic police, which I feel like I am a lot. But it's just not the point to me. What is the film about? What is it saying? And how does it play out? Not oh, he's well. Wouldn't he be sixty? Does that fucking matter, really? To me, it does. I mean, the, it just a, seems odd to me. I mean, this film is going to exist for like a hundred more years. Yes. And it's not going to matter that it came out at a certain time. Like it's going to be, what is it telling? Here is Leatherface all these years later after his encounter with Sally Hardesty. There, like to me, that's what it's trying to do. Not a specific time frame. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, like distance between them. Yes. Well, here, here's what I'm getting at is you're saying... It's about these two characters reuniting. No, I, I did not say that. You did not say that. Well, the, said, this film is definitely not about that. Uh, you're saying it's bringing up these two past characters, no? No, for sure. But I'm saying like, like, I guess what I meant was we meet Leatherface again for the first time, whatever it is, 40 years after. And if it doesn't add up to 1974, when did it come out? Yes. 74? That's not what I care about. Like th- they're telling me, I I do. do these, you, these the there's a little part of me. Okay, go ahead. Eric. Okay, uh, and that like, is the last thing I give a shit about. Okay, so so another one is like that idea of like bringing of that these young kids are just going to fucking come to this ghost town to try to like revive it. That's another thing that doesn't sit well with me in this film. Yeah, but I, but I feel are. like it's preposterous. Like. Food trucks. Hear me out. Or whatever they're doing. I I have a theory on that. Oh, well, I have a theory about and, all of and, this. And the theory is, I mean, I'm not saying I'm hung up on these things. But, but it, you're definitely hung. But, but they're ideas that I think about 
it's important to think, right? Sure. Right? I'm trying to digest this shit. So I'm looking at it from different angles. Um, so even though the 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 reviving this town doesn't sit right with E-Dog, the reason I do, the reason it does work for me is Feedy, Fetty Alvarez, and it's- Roto, they come up, they came up with a way to get a bunch of people yes. in front of Leatherface. Okay. All yes. the past films are, you know, four or five kids running afoul of them, but no, they came up with a way to get 30 in front of Leatherface. And that is like, I'm like excited saying that. Totally. I'm like so pumped uh, on that idea. And, and so could, while and, that, and could, could that be handled better? That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what no, I'm saying. Totally. But I just don't want you to think like, that's not what I was speaking to. I was speaking to simply the age, the, the difference of time does not matter to me, but what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously it's a, stu- in my opinion, it's like a stupid setup. Now you could do this, but better. How, but how, how would may- we get so many people there? Gee, well, no, 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 that doing what they're doing, but maybe have better actors, better script oh, them explaining okay. it better. Or not, man, we're going to have this town and there's going to be food trucks and this is going to be great. Right. Like what? Like what the fuck right. are you talking about? So, so that's the so plausible that, stuff that sure. I'm thinking about, but I'm not a whole, I'm not hung up on it. Okay. Sure. Me okay. either. Um, One element does not make a film. Okay. So we were talking age, right? And I love how he's just like old and he's just fucking tired. There's like moments in the film where he's just like exhausted. Like the first time <laughs> Sally yeah. and Leatherface meet, he's like taking a break in his room. And I love that depiction of worn down Leatherface. Yes. I think that just really, I don't know. I don't want to say I connect to that, but like that tiredness just reads true to E-Dog. I thought that was great. That they gave him that like characteristic, you yeah. know, I feel like he's really doing stuff in this film. Another thing is like uh, throwing the chainsaw and shit like that. Like, I feel like this Leatherface is doing things. There's a scene that I shouted out loud. Holy shit. And it's because he's at the top of a staircase and he throws like a hammer. Oh, I shouted too. And he knocks this person all the way down the stairs onto the ground with the hammer, like throwing it. And I said, holy shit. Yep. Like completely on accident. Cause I was like, oh shit. So like, I feel like this just has really, really great. I know we're getting to it, but it's kinetic. Leatherface carnage. Leatherface action is kind of what you're describing too. Yes. And like, for me, that was the thing that like, like it, it, it lit up the synapses in my brain. Like, Oh, I like this. Right. Where like the rest of it, it like, I kind of like you're saying like the opening to me, it's like, okay, the opening is sort of annoying. Not so much. Like I even disagree with what's going on, but it's just sort of like ham fisted and and dumb. Like we're going to redo this town or whatever. And like, man, let's get the food trucks. Like the bus of people is coming. Right. Like what are you talking about? Like it works. No, for sure. But I'm just saying like, those are the things that are kind of stupid. Okay. But, um, but it wasn't the subject material that bothered me. And I feel like that is what is bothering a lot of people and not because they disagree with like the political statements or anything, but more so it's just bringing up those modern ideas and horror, I think rubs people the wrong way for some reason. A hundred percent agree with that. And I don't think they're trying to address those issues. Like I feel like people are upset that our main character, Lila is a is a school shooting victim. Yeah. I guess people want clarification. They want answers to uh the 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 issues that they immediately bring up. I mean with literally within like the span of 5 or 10 minutes there's gentrification, there's police violence. Yes. Uh there there's racism, yes. there's guns. 
I don't think they're trying to address that shit. I think they're trying to provoke you. I think they're trying to rile us up. So I do too. And I also think like part of it that, that sort of I was thinking about was like I was talking to my brother. We I watched this with him and his his wife Sabra. And we, you know, we finished it and he really didn't like it. I don't want to really? speak for him again, but okay. he, he really didn't like it. Okay. And this he was not saying this was what was bad, but I started to sort of say, I said, look, these things as we grow older. These more modern ideas are going to seep into films that we don't necessarily like, for instance, the school shooting aspect. I think us as a bit older are seeing that as like sort of um, I think most people that are that are not of this current generation are sort of seeing that as like too modern in a way. And, And they may not know that, but I think that's the issue in their head. And I think as, as I get older, you know, I'm about to be 31. So I'm not old, but I'm about to be 31. Films are going to start to be made for a younger generation sure. that I am not part of. And while school shootings have, of course, happened since Columbine, which is in the 90s. So we were part of it. Of course, this more, it's, it's definitely more present in their lives than it was ours. I right. mean, every week in the news, it feels like there's something school shooting. bad happening. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And so... You know, to bring those ideas into a horror movie, like maybe, yeah, I feel like this is going to happen more and more, mm. and not all of them. And I think maybe that's part of it. Maybe you're speaking to the to to what the point of it, which is it was trying to provoke, but I feel like it was a lot. Like you said, like it was like every a, B, second, C, D, e, it, yeah, 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 totally. Every second, it was like introducing a new, like sort of. I hate using the word woke. I never do, but just to use a shorthand, like a new woke idea. Which again, I don't even necessarily disagree with. Like, right? I thought it was interesting. I was my, okay with that. Yeah. My, my first thought was it was interesting that they were bringing up that this person was a school shooting survivor, and I was like, cool. Like, what are they going to do with that? I know that sounds horrible, but you know, let's just say a trauma. I thought, wow, okay, what? How are they going to incorporate this trauma into the narrative of the film? That was my thought. But people are like, oh, fuck this. Right. It, you know, my interpretation of that solely me is like, she's a survivor. Yeah. For sure. Like a final girl almost. Right. And I, I, I don't want to belittle a girl. Yeah. But no, a survivor. Like I think, yes, go ahead. That, that was my thinking was like, uh, you know, like she, she's a survivor. Um, and then like, I think people, I mean, I can't say for sure. You know, that's just my opinion. Right. Obviously. And, I, and I feel bad almost speaking about it too, because if you didn't, let me, I'm sorry, but if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Right. That's totally fine with me. But I'm just trying to speak to like how how this has been so controversial and why. I almost feel like people want things just so black and white. And that's yeah. just not the way the goddamn world is. You know, they're upset that she's a school shooting victim, but then she picks up a gun at the end of the film. I'll tell you what, motherfucker. If I could push a button right now and make all the guns in the world disappear, I would fucking do it. Right. But if a huge <laughs> scary motherfucker with a chainsaw is coming after me and there's a gun available to me, yeah, I'm going to fucking pick it up. Yeah, I think... I'm not sure this is the place to to solve the world's problems, but at the same time, like in terms of that part of the film, like I think I'm just it, saying, why are people mad at that? I don't know. Like I hate to. I'm not sure this film is as smart as I'm going to make it, but you know, the world is more complicated than black and white. Yes, yes. And I guess that's what you were saying, Eric. And so, like to to see, like I found it as more. You know, the film is rising. That you know, she felt like in her school shooting, she didn't, um, act. 
And regardless right. of the device, I'm saying she didn't act. And this was like, no, I'm not going to stand by this time. Exactly. And I feel like that's what I was trying to say. So I read that, but I feel like people are a little bit more like focusing on like the, the, the actual actions, right? The gun versus no gun and things. And I get that. And you know what? I will say it is the film's fault for introducing those ideas. Yes, this is going to be a complicated issue. And if you don't handle it perfectly, people sure. are going to pick that apart. I'm not because it's not really why I watch film. I got out of it that she didn't act and felt um, small and now was going to act and felt big. Right. Like that was the narrative idea I received from it. But I do don't want to like let the film off the hook that like, yes, people are going to dispute these things if you bring them into it. Sure. You know 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I guess me personally, I was okay with kind of just bringing it up and letting it go. Sure. Me too. Me too. And, and I mean, I I guess I don't want to dwell on those things too much either. Sure. And I guess I, I really don't want this to come off as like um, artsy, but I also found it interesting to bring up. Like I hadn't seen that in a horror film. So, right. you know me, like it was well, sort it, of, it's interesting. Sorry to interrupt you, but I like, it's not subtle. No, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. it is, you know, right. you know, it's funny that like Romero and Hooper, they claim they weren't making political statements uh, with their films, but and yet we're still arguing over those things to this day. Right. So funny that this is just like, nope, we're going to talk about all this political shit. And you know what? We're not going to give you an answer. And that's kind of like the best thing in the world, because you know what? There is no answer to any of those fucking things. Right. What you and I agree with. Joe Blow next door isn't going to agree with you. Know for what I mean? sure. And and again, like to wrap up the sort of political parts of the film for me, I definitely don't want it to come off as like, I think that if you didn't like it, you disagree with like its political statements. Sure. Um, that is not what I'm saying. I can understand that it rubbed people the wrong way, even if they agreed with it. You know what I'm saying? Like I would say most probably did, but it was also just too ham-fisted maybe for them. Uh, let's keep going with other things people hate. What did you think about the whole Sally aspect? So, okay. So, this is going to be tough. So Totally okay with it. Let me say this. Possible spoilers for Sally Hardesty in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Now, I don't think we should say fully, but possible spoilers. Okay. So, because of that, you know, I would say it didn't bother me. I, I, I liked it a bunch, actually. I liked that you learned that she's not a victim. That in the 40 fucking plus years that have passed, she's a, she's a Texas Ranger. Yeah. That she tried to go out and try to find Leatherface. And she even kind of gives Lila kind of the strength she needs there to confront Leatherface at the end. Yeah. I like that. They kind of made her this powerful character. Yeah. I definitely will say that uh, it did read a little too Halloween 2018 for me down to the like shots of the back of the car. Okay. I'm with that. I've I'm, waited for him. He's waited for me. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you that, da. But it does a complete, and I won't say what. But it does a 180 sure. from what fucking Halloween and Hall or the, the current Halloween trilogy does. And I will say that. Okay, so we'll just say that there's controversial things that happen with that Halloween. Does hard not to do. And I feel like people are like super like oh disrespect and stuff. And I kind of was like, I don't know. Maybe I have a different view of that first film. I'm not like desperately attached to Sally Hardesty in the same way that I am fucking, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis as, uh, Laurie Strode. So for me, it was sort of, I was like, Whoa, you know, that was kind of how I thought about it. It was another shocking moment to me, but I guess maybe I saw the whole film as a roller coaster. Now that I think of it. Um, I totally agree with that. Uh, there's a moment in the film where, 
and I'm I'm completely just going off topic now. I mean, I'm still talking the film, but Leatherface is killing someone. Okay. And there's just like, and he's like revving the chainsaw. Yes. And there's just like blood just like shooting out of this person. And the way they're shooting it, it looks like it just hits the camera. And then it like quickly cuts away. But I'm just like, that's my fucking shit right there. Like my belief, my hope is that they were just shooting that film and it got really dirty. Yeah. I love that shit. Nah. Yeah. No, I mean, with so, so I'm already planning on voting for one of the kills in this is best kill in next year's Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. So I forgot to also mention the Tesla aspect. That's the other modern aspect. Oh, yes. And to me, again, like one thing doesn't make a film to me. And like, I feel like all these, these sort of modern ideas, uh, another word would be like woke. Like, again, I hate that. I, w- I wish I wasn't even saying it, but it's the easiest way to explain it. Um, with the Tesla idea, uh, you know, again, it wasn't how, cause obviously like, it's comical what they do with the Tesla. Let's just say that. I thought it was awesome. It's comical, but also like, I thought it was like fresh and funny. Yeah. And what's happening is so violent at the same time. Uh, you know, there's the depiction of Leatherface in that moment is there is one of the most mean spirited kills I've seen in a long time. It's a, it's a beheading. And I was like, Holy, we're not even talking about where this is. So no spoilers, but there's a beheading where I was like, Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people are taking for granted some of those things. And maybe that's, and again, people look for different things in film, like seeing Leatherface like this, like just completely unhinged and insane. Yes. Um, and violent like this. I mean, throwing a hammer and someone falling down the fucking city. Like I was like, Whoa. Um, I liked all those aspects to it. Now, Eric seems, and I'm just going to say likes this movie more than I, I, I can love tell it. he did. I love it. But I liked it. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking fun. Yep. Um, I also am just, I hate to be the horror movie guy, but I was just happy to see Leatherface on screen. Right. I mean, me too. For me, they nailed the depiction. They made it shocking. I gasped out loud. The violence was fucking great. Is it, is it ham fisted in its, in its use of these ideas? Yes. I'm okay with it though. Just just me personally. Sure. Just me personally. Sure. Um, and I guess we can end it if you want to, um, Second best chainsaw dance. I oh, thought they really nailed it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a spoiler, but we see a chainsaw dance. Yeah, sure. And I love I think they really hit the nail on the head with Leatherface. Okay. If if I could just if you just want me to pick out one particular positive in this film, you know, it wouldn't be the story, it wouldn't be the politics. Yeah. It would be the de- the, the the depiction of Leatherface and the violence he creates. So we discussed this with oh. I'm sorry. It's 74 minutes long. Oh yes, very short. Uh, let me let me let me wrap my part up to say we discussed this with the Halloween Kills episode, which is it's very hard to shoot something like Michael Myers without him looking stupid. And I will say this film never had me feel like he looked stupid. I do. I will say people were talking like people were making fun of several frames from it. I thought it all looked great. Me too. There, there's there's a part towards the end where he picks up his chainsaw like over his head he's kind of like come on i don't know like that looked fucking cool to i me. thought it looked cool I, i'm with you i totally agree um uh, i i love it i think it's great now i'm glad you like it as much as you do 
I definitely think you like it more than I do. I would love if somebody would pick this up to put out on blue. Doubt it'll happen. I really want it to come out on blue as well. Oh my gosh. I, I also feel like if this wasn't Netflix and maybe in a theater, and I know this is you this is usually the opposite, but I feel like people would have taken it more seriously. I agree. And I think seeing it on Netflix kind of made it like uh like trash you could just throw away. I agree. Um and if you had to pay and go sit in a theater and pay attention, again, <laughs> trust me, I'm not saying it would have helped the more ham fisted elements that I feel like are sort of not handled with the lightest touch. Those things still would have rang clear in theater. I'm not saying that. But at least the it would have been loud and violent in the theater. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really think you hit the nail on the head when you said you're happy to see Leatherface back. And he looked good. And and in my opinion, they they nailed it. They nailed Leatherface for me. Totally. The, so we're about to rank <laughs> uh, all the TCMs? Yes. Momentarily. Uh, I, I guess I would say this is E-Dog's favorite... Second favorite Leatherface depiction. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. And and okay. So that was our review. The reason we're sort of like randomly trailing off is we're about to rank these films. So we're going to talk it again as well. Right. So let's get excited to rank it. But first, Eric, before we get to our ranking oh, of the yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, Eric has Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Okay. Take it away, Eric. So last time I was so fucking unprepared. I wrote this bitch. No surprise there. Out last night. I fucking wrote a draft and then I fucking rewrote it so it was nice and clean. So please. And then you got drafted and then I was faded. So please enjoy this Terror Tunes. And for this Terror Tunes, the band I want to talk about is a local El Paso horror punk band called. Epitaph Romance. Uh, if you go to their Facebook page, <laughs> they're about states. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will rock the oh, earth. Is that yeah. a, I never heard that before. Oh, I'm pretty clever there, guys. Uh, the easiest way to my horror punk heart is just to sing about horror films. And the second easiest way to get into my horror punk uh Heart is to wear costumes, and these guys do just that. Okay, so for example, their singer is a surgeon, their guitarist is an escaped inmate, and their drummer, sometimes a wolfman, sometimes a skull. And I thought, what could be better than a band from Texas with a song about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for our Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode? Here is the Saws family from their 2015 EP, Maniac Massacre. So 
So, I saw these guys in 2016 uh, in El Paso, and at the time, I had no idea who they were. Uh, This is a story I've told Keegan, so it's possible I've told this story on the podcast. If I have, please forgive me. So, um, the band that I went to go see is one of my all-time favorite horror punk bands, The Other, and they were on tour with a band called the B-Movie Monsters, and I was familiar with the B-Movie Monsters musically, but I had no idea what they looked like. Well, it turned out the B-movie monsters broke down somewhere in Arizona, so Epitaph Romance jumped on this show. So Epitaph Romance is setting up, and I'm thinking it's the B-movie monsters. few songs in, I realize it's not them, right? And so as uh, in, in like the middle of their set, they're upset. They're bummed that it's only like me and like three other people uh, watching them. And they start shit-talking the crowd for more people not being into them. And they start making fun of how tight my pants are. And I wanted to be like, nah, I'm one of four people right now at least standing for you. And I'm not familiar with your shit because I thought you were a whole nother fucking bat. So that was one of the finer moments E-Dog has ever been, uh, has ever happened E-Dog at a, a horror park show. Always surprised me there's anyone at those shows. It's at a bar, so people can drink. <laughs> oh, that's right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And that was? That was Epitaph and, Romance from El Paso, New- Texas. And the song that we played was? The Saw is Family. And this concludes Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, E-Dog. Fuck you. Uh. Fuck you, E-Dog. Fuck you. Yeah. And with that, and with that, we're, we're finally at the main attraction. <laughs> it's finally time to rank the entire Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Okay, and before we do, well, we have to play the music. Play that music, Doc. I wanted to ask you what I think is a fun question. Okay, Eric, ask me a fun question. Okay, so you watched them all, right? Not all. Okay, I had a terrific time revisiting these. Eric, see, this is the difference between you and me. This is the difference between you and me. I get holed up on plausibility things in films. So you don't give a damn. Eric rewatches every fucking thing that he's about to rank. Listen, guys, I rank you the films I remember the best. I don't need to rewatch the films I don't. I. Brush up on them and rewatch them. Here's the thing. I want to be able to give you guys, you know, the most accurate EDAR representation. And I love rewatching films. I agree, but sometimes you overload yourself trying to rewatch all of them. This is true. Like, yes. You know what my biggest, you know what I think is the worst episode we've ever done for me? This one? Because of what I tried to do with that film is the remake episode. Instead, I tried to watch a oh, bunch of yeah. remake films that I hadn't seen, but I should have just stuck with what I knew. Was that the one that broke you, that made you quit for that, a few months? That's where I watched the I Spit on Your Grave remake, Ooh. and I was just like... Duh, I watched that second film. I watched the, the remake. How did that spawn four films? Duh, that second film, 
it was too mean spirited even for me. That's wild. And what I guess what I mean is I didn't feel like it had merit. Like it was just mean spirited for no reason. Uh-huh. Where I, I, I like mean spiritedness, but I like it to be f- enjoyable. Mean spiritedness. I tweeted this one time. Uh, it was like playing on a movie channel. And my mom was like, have you heard of this? And I was like, yeah, don't watch it. And like 30 minutes later, I walked back into the front room and she's still watching it. Mom's, uh, hear, hear it from Eric's mom. Mom's love. I, I spit, spit on, on your grave. grave. <laughs> but <laughs> realistically, my mom loves a woman kicking ass in film. Whoa. So that's why I'm sure she thought I spit on your grave is fine. And with that, Eric, what are we doing right now? We're about to rank the Texas Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, okay. Oh, no. I was, I was talking about why I had such a good time. Uh, Melissa came the weekend the new film came out. Shout out. And in addition to the new film, we watched four other sequels. And so that's that's part of the reason why we're recording again so fast because I took out the subject matter. Quickly. Like that. Like that, Doc. Yeah, okay. So you want to go first or me go first? I'll go first. All right. You talk first. I talk first. Uh, do you know what that's from? The opening of Force Awakens. Duh. <clears throat> so, Eric... Yes. Okay, so we're now ranking the... Uh, how many films are there? One, two, three, There's four. There's nine uh, total. Nine. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Let's talk. Before I start, we'll do this. Oh, I what forgot we... to ask you my fun question. Okay, what is it? I feel like it's not a good time. I'll come back to it. Okay. Um, what? Let's talk about it overall. before, And, and we'll get into it quickly. So okay. hang in there with us. But I feel like we, we did it at the beginning, so let me say that. Um, I'll just say that... I thought this franchise was a lot better than I remembered it better than it is because unfortunately there's a lot of these that aren't very good. And the bottom of the pack is lipstick on a pig because it is not, they're not good. And I feel like shit because I grew up watching this franchise early on. I remember renting the DVDs, buying them. I remember watching Leatherface. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and thinking it was a good film. I remember watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation and thinking that was cool because it had Matthew McConaughey acting crazy. Did you rewatch it for this episode? Yes. Let me ask you this. So, and sorry to interrupt you. Did you watch the director's cut or the theatrical cut? I watched the director's cut. Great. Me too. Eric, do you want to talk about yours or you want me to get started? What do you feel about the franchise? What are your feelings overall? That the idea is cooler than the films. <laughs> okay. And with that, let's do it. Let's okay. get in. All right. My, so I'll say number nine, right? Yeah, number nine. Number nine. So my this least. Is our least favorite. TCM. Now, I want to say, remember, I'm sorry, because some of these were not as good as I remember. Okay. I rewatched this film re, uh, for this list. I watched the Scream Factory Blu-ray. And yeah. Don't you dare say part four. My least favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie is The Next Generation. Oh my god. uh, Part 4 is so fire. (laughs) I feel like a dick now. But yeah, just... And just to be a dick, the director's cut is returned. Yes, the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Here's what I'll say about this film. Oh man, go ahead. So, The Next Generation is the fourth film in the franchise. This is the one that has Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. This is the one that's been sort of hard to see very well for a long time because of lawsuits and they didn't really want it out. And let me say this. Those two people? Those two people. And let me say this. That is the best part of the film is those two people. 
Um, like, I, how, it's crazy how good McConaughey is. Like McConaughey's doing McConaughey. I was gonna say it's not crazy because he's one of the best actors fucking of our generation. Well, he's playing crazy, and that's good. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. He's doing good. Yeah. So next generation, you know, <sighs> these films just the well, say what say what part four is. I'll put some respect on part four, at least for me. You say what part four is. Okay, it's four kids prom night, and they run afoul. The Hewitt family. Yes. and Actually, so, I don't know if they're Hewitts in this one. They though. might be Sawyers. I yeah. don't remember. No, because I think they're all gone. And, that, and that's part of the issue. But part of my issue is that the families always change. Yes. But. The films change. The films change. Okay, let me just say. So let me get to my positives. Get to your posies, Doc. Renee Zellweger running full speed in a prom dress. Okay. Um, I'm not trying to be like. I know that sounds like worse than I, I meant it. That's an incredible part of the movie. The thing you have to remember about Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies are it's generally someone running full speed from a chainsaw. Sure. And dude, she is fucking run- like, I-, I feel like what did they do to her in this movie? Because she's barefoot running through the fucking woods in a dress and <coughs> she is actually amazing giving it her all. And so is Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's unhinged, wild as fuck, just insane. Who has an electrical knee that seems to be malfunctioning. But, you know, unfortunately, brace. unfortunately, there's not enough gore. There's not enough chainsawing. And uh, ultimately, this film... So we're going to spoil these films. Duh. So so we're now spoiling the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films like we always do in our ranked list. This film introduces like a bonkers bullshit idea of like this fucking alien race or whatever it is. The Illuminati. Yes. And they're controlling the family. And and it actually it actually is kind of cabin in the woods ish, no? My notes for Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, basically cabin in the woods. Uh that's my notes right here. So yes, but yeah, Eric, I think I might leave this film here because you want to talk about it later. Yeah, I was disappointed, man, because here's the thing. I remember liking this movie. I bought the Blu-ray because I was like, yeah, you know what? I like that movie. Fuck yeah, it's coming out on blue. It was a big deal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if it was the wrong day or the wrong... I just didn't care about it at all. It just bothered me. It was just not good. I'm, I'm bummed out. Again. I, I think TCM4 fucking rips. Those two performances are worth it alone. Um, but the rest of it around it, there's not enough good leather face. There's not enough good gore. Uh, not a good leather face? There's not enough of him. I mean, we spend the whole goddamn movie with just fucking her and the lady that's fucking... You know who I love? That fucking asshole kid who's right about everything. Oh, yeah. Because he's such a fucking asshole. And boy, when he finally gets it, it's great. Yeah, I think this film and TCM3 uh, Leatherface, those two movies have the same problem of people just wandering in a dark woods. And I feel like they're just boring. Um, and I don't feel like that's really what TCM is. Yeah, that first movie has it. We'll get to that. But anyways, so I'm done. I can't talk this long. There's too many films. Okay. Uh, my least favorite film is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. Eric will defend it later. Eric, yeah. what is your least favorite okay. Texas my Chainsaw Massacre? My least favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the 2013. Doesn't even have the balls to call it its full name. John Lussenhops, whatever the fuck his asshole's name is. Texas Chainsaw. 
This movie is fake Texas respect, Chainsaw. Texas movie. Chainsaw 3D. This movie is what is, this movie was this called. This movie is Walmart Texas Chainsaw, as far as I'm concerned. Like I just said, they can't even call it its full fucking name. First of all, worst fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre mask. Leatherface's yes. mask. This is pretty bad. Bullshit. Strike number one. Okay. Strike Alexandra number, Daddario. Strike. You know what? Oh, don't start, Eric. That's the like only okay thing about this sure. film. Okay. Strike number two, the plausibility thing. That she should be much older than the 24-year-old or whatever the fuck she oh, is. Oh, I didn't even think about it Okay. Yet. Number three on I, the I, list of Eric, bullshit Eric, ideas. I don't know what, if you know. Leatherface is not, a good guy? I'm not good at math. Is Leatherface a good... Is he a hero now? Is he a superhero? Huh? Well, he's killing cops. Why can't fucking Alexander Daddario jump over that two-foot-tall fence? Because she's wearing low-rise jeans. Because it's, it's Walmart, TC. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so this, sir... What's interesting, though, about Texas Chainsaw is that... 3D. Put some respect. Is that... It's kind of like... Was this like the first horror film to be a leg sequel? Hmm... Which, good good which question. Is, which is interesting. So that's what it is. It's a direct sequel to, yep. to, to the original film. And then it tries to be fucking uh, uh, the devil's rejects at the beginning. So after Sally escapes, all the locals and police are riled up and they go back to uh, the Sawyer house. And they show more family members arrive. But then all of a sudden there's like 40 fucking people in there. Yes. And, and Bill Mosley. And I kind of get that because it, it's like a little nod because, you know, Gunnar Hansen's in there. Bill Mosley's in there. You know, they, they were each respectable characters in more respectable fucking films. Sorry for spitting on you. Um, and then it's just like the fucking, there's the main sheriff and then there's like the guy who's leading the mob and they're just wearing these terrible fucking wigs. And uh, then we flash forward 40 fucking years or some bullshit. And Alexander Daddario's inherited the house that Leatherface now lives in. And Leatherface decides to kill those kids because, you know, that's what he does. And uh, then he fights some cops and it's bullshit. It's not good. Uh, I have it higher, but it's not good. Um, There's a part at the end. I think these about four first movies that I have on here aren't good. There's a part. I'm sorry. Before, spoiler, Leatherface learns that him and Alexander Daddario are cousins. cousins. Don't forget, do your thing, cuz. You know, I don't even give a fuck about that. Fuck that. Me either. Fuck that. Fuck all that shit. Fuck the gas. I feel like it's almost like B-movie fun It's that they're trying to have. It's. I read an interview with Adam Marcus. He's the guy that directed uh, Jason Goes to Hell and he uh-huh. wrote this yep. along with his wife. And man, he's talking about like all the cool ideas that they had that didn't make it into the film. So at risk of going on too long about films we don't like, I read this article about James Wan's. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't t- read it, but I like skimmed it. It's insane. Yeah, I read that whole article. I started reading it thinking I didn't know it was going to be that long. Mm. And I read it and I'll just recap it to say James Wan was originally involved in making a Texas a Chainsaw movie. Uh, bef- while Lionsgate was getting it. So before Lionsgate, but in that era. So he was going to make a new trilogy with like Toby Hooper's Blessing. Toby Hooper was going to direct the first film. Yeah. And they were going to like do basically what, and what basically they were going to be a direct sequel to the first film and take place back then. It was going to pick up 
And the first film oh, wow. was all going to pick up after Sally gets away. She was going to go to this gas station. They're going to recast her. That's amazing. And then the second film was going to do a time jump. And none of it ended up happening. So it's like this, you know, this is what you'll find. And I hate to be so negative so early, but the, this franchise is just like a pit of shit except for like five, four movies. Because it's just been handed to so many different studios and so many different creatives that it's sort of not, it's almost like not a franchise where like the other ones have like a lot of continuity. This one never did ever. Sure. Uh, not even fucking two that's made by Toby Hooper is really right. good continuity. No, I agree. Uh, you know what? I'm going to stop. I, I dislike sure. this film. I, I want to like it, but I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel, this feels like a, Asylum Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me. I, I, I definitely can't argue because it's not good. But I also remember seeing it in 3D in theater. And I enjoyed it in 3D in theater, seeing uh, Leatherface on screen again in 3D. I think now some of these films don't always work as well later, like when they're not in 3D. Because they are using a lot of digital effects. They look worse. Right. Once they're not in 3D, they look very, they're too well lit because in order to do like, uh, by the way, I know this isn't help like solving all the film's problems, but it, it also kind of looks like shit now. And the reason is, is because they're overlit for 3D, 3D. but now that they're not, they're just overlit. So yeah, that, uh, that doesn't help the situation. I'm just going to like rifle off dumb shit and then we'll, we'll move on. Sure. Uh, did you see? Have you seen the post-credit scene where Alexander Daddario's adoptive parents come to the house and let yes. censors the door? That's fucking dumb. Uh, so there's that part. Did you rewatch the unrated version? I watched the blue. I don't know. I don't know. I rented it, and I, there was an unrated cut. Oh, um, I had the 3D blue. Uh, I did not choose to watch it. In, that would have been sick if you did. Um, Eric has a 3D TV, so that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, there's a part where there's a carnival in town. And Leatherface chases Definitely. Alexander Daddario too. And there's the, a fucking uh, jigsaw, like pig mask. Yeah, the, character. There, there, there's like a haunted house at the. Yeah. And uh, so, anyways, uh, if they had leaned into more of like the Halloween aspect, because it does take place on Halloween, but they don't lean oh, into yeah, it at all. They don't acknowledge that really at all, except uh, for like saying it's Halloween. And there's like a storefront with pumpkins in the front, but that's like in a second of the film, right? Yeah. Um. So Leatherface is, is at uh, this fairgrounds, and it's just a missed opportunity. He's just like running past all these people. Yeah. How amazing would it have been if he's just like fucking up all these people? It would have been the new film. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you, 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Um, Alexander Daddario jumps onto a Ferris wheel, and then uh, Leatherface like kind of scratches it with his chainsaw. Yeah. And then Scott Eastwood shows up. And White then, guy number four. Yeah. I kind of like Scott Eastwood. And then he throws his chainsaw at uh, Scott Eastwood, and then he runs away with his hands in the air. I don't know if, if you remember that. And then later... And again, he throws the chainsaw because it was in 3D. So, like, I feel like it, it has... It wasn't because he's tight in the new one. It was a 3D shot. Right. It was because it's like... I guess what I'm saying is, like, it has scenes that probably weren't built very well, but just to do a 3D scene. Right. There's that scene where Daddario's in the coffin. Yes. And he starts carving into it. Yes. And and so later, so the mayor in the present, he was the head of the lynch mob in 74. Buddy Garrity. 
I like that Buddy Garrity's been redeemed in season four of Friday Night Lights. There's a part where the mayor in in Texas Chainsaw uh, 3D, he goes, there's some maniac cutting up the carnival. Another face like scratched <laughs> the Ferris yeah. wheel and then ran away. Yeah, it makes you wonder if like that's from a previous draft where he did cut a bunch of people up or something. I don't know. No, it's just fucking new bullshit. Now. Yeah, it's bullshit. So that's it. You know, right. I'm done. We talked too much with, about it. With Texas Chainsaw. Okay, Eric. I saw it at the drive-in. My, Go ahead. My second film. least favorite, my eighth film in the franchise. I feel like this sucks because we're like, we're kind of in like a bad mood because the bottom of this list sucks. And also, I'm having a good time. Controversial. I'm having a fun time. I'm over here. I'm just slamming liquid deaths. I got no, a DP I know, in your fridge. I guess what I'm saying is we sound negative. That's what I'm saying. Because they are negative. Yeah. I guess. Let's Let's be clear. That we want to like it. Okay, yes. speaking, I want to speak for myself. By the way, I liked watching these. They're just not good. I want to speak for myself. I like these films. I want to like these films, and I gave them a chance. This didn't, I didn't just storm to social media to say it sucks without having first reviewed no. it. This ranking did not break me in the way that the Leprechaun break broke me. I wonder what would break first. Your spirit? Or your body? Okay, yeah, keep going. So my next film is going to be controversial because... Don't you dare say two, da. Don't you dare say part two right now. Oh, like like the canon films one? Yes. No. Okay. No, Eric. What the fuck? Well, you already said four was your least favorite. Gee, I don't... You're a fucking curveball right now. My eighth favorite okay. <laughs> film is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, uh, Leatherface. Okay. Um, this film is much better has Vigo Mortensen has a final girl that I can't remember her name, but is good. Um, has some stuff that is redeemable has some gore. That's nice. Um, where I feel like this film, that's why I ranked it above next generation where I just feel like next generation didn't have any violence. Uh, not enough, at least that I remember. And this at least had, you know, hands being nailed into a fucking chair, a hammer swinging and hitting a dude's head. Um, I have the Warner Archive Blu-ray with the with the unrated cut, and it helps a lot. But uh, unfortunately, this just isn't good. Um, it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, I don't mind it. This is the New Line one. This So this is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that New Line made whenever they were thinking they were going to have all these they were going to have Jason, Freddy, Leatherface uh, all in their house. They were like making all these slashers. And this is New Line. And it, you can kind of feel it. Like this is kind of like the heavy metal uh, yeah, those Leatherface. Guitar riffs. Yeah. And like even Leatherface kind of looks like he's like a heavy metal fan. Um, and he's got a knee brace in this one. Ultimately, just I don't know. I just didn't give a fuck about it. Um, I did love there's roadkill all over Texas. Uh, Just counting skulls. Love, say we love got that about line. 40 or 50 bodies. Unfortunately, Eric, and this was a revelation, I'm telling you. So I want everyone to know Revelation that you hated it? I uh, didn't hate it. Revelation that you didn't like it? Yes. Uh, I remember really liking these two movies. And I watched them and thought, yikes. Like, what was Kiki thinking? I must have watched them when I was too young. Uh, Eric, not into Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. It's my number eight. Eric, what's your number eight? All right. Well, I guess he does going to be controversial now. The fucking remake. Oh, Duh. wow. Yeah. Um, I kind of get it. I kind of get why people would be hyped on this Marcus film. Nispel's. Yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it seems like it's gritty. 
It seems like it's edgy. But then we got Jedediah running around, that little boy with the teeth. And you know what I think is this film's biggest sin? Oh, there's like two or three off-screen deaths. Yeah. There's no gore in well, this film. I hesitate to bring up Part a, four? a film. Okay. But it's almost like they were afraid to go too far. And that's why that prequel, which we'll talk about later. Is a little gnarlier. Uh, they just didn't give a fuck. Mm. And... I feel like this film definitely could have the re the remake 2003 remake could have used a little umph, but at the same time, I wonder if they were trying to do the whole, well, the original film didn't have any on screen. What, what's violence though is like, it's still effective in the original film for sure, but it's because it's on 16 millimeter film. I mean, that whole movie's effective like, because it looks like it was shot like a real thing. There's a, there's a part in the original film where it, I think it's Kirk and he's like lying on a table and I think it's maybe it's like Pamela is like behind Leatherface and she's screaming and Leatherface is cutting off his head. You don't see it, but that scene is just so like maniacal. Yeah. yeah. And there's no violence or gore in that. But I guess like this, this is like trying to be Leather uh, TCM on 211. Sure. But yet it's, it's kind of not, it's kind of its own worst enemy. Yeah. I have a different opinion of it. I don't necessarily like outright love it, but when I ranked it, I ranked it higher. higher. And the reason why I did was more so that I felt like I thought it was cool what they were doing. Like it was almost, um, I've said this before about certain films in like Friday the 13th franchise. I felt like this was like their version of like ultimate Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. And what that means is like elements from sequels, elements right. from everything pushed into one. They kind of did that with the Friday the 13th remake. Yes, definitely. Um, and I and I thought I feel like this one is the one that works the best. Hmm. Uh, you have Jessica Biel walking around with fucking titties. Uh, yes, and um, we'll get. I guess I'll wait. I okay. guess I'll wait because I do like it more. I'm not in love with the remake, but I do like it. Um, and then you're talking about how it's kind of like a greatest hits. Uh, one one aspect where I think they fell also is the family. Yeah, it's a little bit top heavy with Lee. Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. Yeah. I would say he's like the one that I'm okay with. Everyone else is kind of like. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Like they're they, so focused on him that there's really not a really good family. And they like the way they try to portray them as like normal, almost kind of seem you know like the at least in the first four, everyone has such a wild quirk. Yeah. Right. Whereas I guess Arlie Ermy is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't he's know. just playing. Yeah. I mean. I, I hate to sound negative. I do like it. It's way higher, but I hear you. I, I hear you. I remember watching this in theaters and even then coming out like, huh. I I, I was like almost afraid to go into it. So I have it. I'm sorry. Because I had just, I watched the original film like around this time and I just thought it was the most scary thing is. I had nightmares when I revisited it for the new film. Yeah. And then, so I was like, okay, well, this has to be the extreme version of the original, right? And at risk, at risk of sounding young. Okay. 2003 makes me 12 years old. Damn. So I was 15. Yeah. So you have to remember 12 years old, I think puts me in like fifth grade. I think. And probably everything was gnarly then. And I specifically remember and shout out, and I hope I'm not misremembering, but if I am, hello, Jamie, uh, I specifically remember him, tell, Jameson Lucas, telling me 
about how his sister, who's a few years older than him, so was able to go see it in theater, um, saw this remake in theater. And, and he was telling me secondhand what was in it. And I remember going home and it like scared the shit out of me. Right. Like I had nightmares of the idea of what he was saying. Right. It's almost like when you go to the V when you're looking at the VHS, I've talked about this before. I used to go to Albertsons and look at the horror VHSs for hours while my, while my, my mom shopped. Right. And I would go home like scared of the covers. And this is, this is when I'm like nine years old. I did the same. Um, Scared of the covers, like, and like literally like scared. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kept looking at them cause I liked that feeling. I'm not sure I would knew that at the time. Of course I feel that way now. And so in, in, in Oh three, I remember vividly being terrified of this idea. And I remember I'm 12. So at the time I thought that was like, like I remember hearing like it was like a true story and all this shit. Right. Of course, like two years later, once I was, I was like, Oh, it's not a true story. Like we all know it's not, but, um, it was very scary. So like I look back on it sort of fondly as like this crazy, like remember at this time, and this is, we're going to get into this in 2003, like films weren't being made this violent at the time. Right. We were sort of in the J horror era where it was like the grudge and like the ring. Um, and it, it really was sort of in this bad spot. In my opinion, horror was at the time. Uh, not that those are bad movies. I'm just saying like, uh, it was a weird time. How about that? Okay. And so this sort of kicked off the fucking insanity with uh, kind of bust down the door with Leatherface. And then, of course, you, you, you end up getting Saw. You end up getting the Dawn of the Dead remake, the Hills Have Eyes remake, and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses around this time as well. Um, and sort of blew open the waters, right, after that. And so this sort of kicked it off. So I, I, I remember it more fondly than you do. Okay, Doc. But that's the remake. Yeah. That's uh, your number seven. My number seven. Yeah. We can move on. It's Texas Chainsaw 3D. Okay. I know I put it above those two, a couple movies that you like. That's fine. Look, I mean, it's more popcorn. It's at least something to watch. Alexander Daddario's in it. You know, do your thing, cuz never bothered me. I knew it. It was more so like I thought it was like B-movie bullshit that was fun. I can tell you what I did like. What? There's so many. I don't know the character's name. Uh, it's the it's the character that's supposed to be on the the date with the guy that she's just been set up with. If you're out there and you like Lost, it is Alex from Lost. Nah, there's so many shots of her ass. Yep, yep. And that's it. That's, that's what Eric likes about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm with you. Uh, so many shots. You now you get to Dario wearing like that crop top yep. and running, you know, in the woods, and you get you know some good gore and some carnage. Some of the gore is okay. Yeah. Um, I think this film ranks higher than those two films because the the you know. TCM three and next generation. I felt like the carnage wasn't there. I feel like it's just them walking in the woods for too long. And, and at least this film was like popcorn and ridiculous and fun. Um, ultimately not very good. I rewatched it, liked it less than I did, but I did like it. So Texas chainsaw 3d is my number seven, seven. And yeah, we've kind of talked it. So what's your, what's your seven number seven surprised the fuck out of me. Cause I used to think this was the best movie ever. There's a certain, I knew you were going to say that. How? I How was going to you know? say, so say it again, Eric. My number seven is the beginning, the the prequel to the remake. Okay. Which is wild because I used to hold this movie to such high regard. So this will be the most controversial thing on the podcast because- Not the wokeness? It, between, no, between the two of us. Because I rewatched this last. Okay. So, I, and actually last night. Oh, shit. And it was better than I remember. Oh, wow. Okay. Way better. 
this is, I'll let you talk it. Okay. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the beginning is fucking everything I thought it was and more. So I'm surprised to hear this from okay, you. Okay. I'm kind of worried to, to talk it now. Very much liked it. Because you liked it. Uh, uh, we, we, Eric so and I have like this, um, this high idea of this movie that we've always spoken about. And that's why Eric was disappointed when he rewatched yeah. it. And so if you don't know, there's like a history with this mo- movie. It's kind of ghoul squads, little TCM secret that no one watches is the beginning. And we love it. So Eric apparently didn't like it as much. Uh, I almost kind of want to say like what you said about when you watched uh four, that maybe it was just a bad day or something. I mean, I, what, what didn't you like about it? I'd like to hear that. Yeah. So the beginning is the prequel to the 2003 remake. Right. And I guess uh, initially what turned me off this time is kind of how like, and it's not even this film's fault. Uh, It's how in the remake, they kind of just end it. Uh, Things happen to characters where it's like they couldn't go forward with it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now we have to go back. And I guess I would have liked to have rather seen a continuation than this prequel. But I do like how we get to see uh, how things happened. With the way they are, sure, uh, uh, in the remake. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure what bummed me out about it uh, uh, this time. Um, I did watch the DVD. It was the unrated version. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you gave me a DVD, I think. Um, Probably. This is Jonathan Liebsman. Yeah. Um, he would go on to direct the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie. Which is weird. And Battle Los Angeles. Which is also... Uh, uh, weird because yeah. he's in bay world that's why those right. are michael bay produced films uh film actually i don't think battle a- la is but for sure tmnt is um you know i'm kind of feel like i'm, I'm drawing at a loss here sure but, but i well, feel we can like move on. I'll, I'll talk in a minute okay but i guess ultimately i would say it's it's the remake but violent and i guess i didn't like the remake to begin with this time around okay and, sure uh, so i guess it just sat with me wrong this time i used to be into it because I don't know. It's like mean spirited and no one survives. And I don't know. It didn't hit me right this time. Huh? No, I mean, Hey, I feel like you sort of already summed it up better or best, which is like my feeling on next generation and even let uh, TCM three Leatherface. My thought was like, is this just like a bad night or am I not into it? Like I, I just didn't like them and I was surprised. So I know how right. you feel. I know how you feel. I love the beginning. Okay. And we'll talk that later. Okay. So let's hear your number six then. My number six is, oh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. I I feel this is very high. Um, I even hesitate to put this high because I feel like it hasn't sat in my mind long enough. I haven't seen it enough. It's a film that just premiered on Netflix that I watched once. um, And as we've spoken about at length, had trepidations about, didn't ultimately love, but really liked it. You know, I felt like it was cool to see uh, Leatherface on screen again. I thought it was violent as fuck. Um, And so it gave me those things. But of course, I thought it was ham-fisted in the way it handled uh, several of its like storytelling elements about, um, like you already said, like fucking uh, Confederate flags, gentrification, fucking school shootings. Um, All things I probably agree with the film if it was making a statement, but also just the way they're handled is sort of just blah. Um, but aside from those things, I liked Leatherface. I liked the way he looked and it's violent as fuck. And that's the one thing I'll say about like, again, my two bottom films that I didn't like that much. Um, 
I just feel like, where's the goddamn violence? Right. Um, and this gave it to me. And there's this horrible beheading towards the end that I was like, holy fuck. Um, I hate to sound like that, like gore hound, but uh, the way it's done in this wasn't like splatter. Of course, it's like, I don't know. This gave it to me. This gave me the goods. It gave me the goods and is ultimately sort of not the greatest storytelling, but it gave me the goods. And, and, and that's what I want. I want fucking Leatherface killing people wild as fuck and looking good while doing it. Dead and loving it. Yes. So that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. You know what's funny is when I look at my list, I used to I, I I liked the beginning. I liked the remake. I liked Texas Chainsaw 3D. And then whatever reason, upon revisiting them, uh, I didn't like them. Sure, and that's that, how I felt about what what I've already said. Yeah. And and now I'm gonna give you my number uh, six. Yes. <laughs> and six. what's funny is now I'm gonna start talking about the original sequels, and I used to feel the opposite about them. Yeah. And now I feel more highly about them. Uh, number six for me is Part Three, which nice. is uh, Leatherface. Um, I kind of really like the dynamic with our two main characters. Uh, I don't know if they're married, but it's a man and a woman who they're splitting up, but yet they're still driving through uh, Texas whenever they then confront, you know, this maniacal family. Uh, There's roadkill all over Texas. I like uh, Ken Four. He's got this yep. background as a survivalist. Yes. Um, the family, I think, is really good in this. Uh, There's Tick. Uh, Tex. Tick is his name, I believe. Vigo Mortensen, isn't it Tex? Oh, no, I'm talking about Tick. Okay, and I'm talking about Tex. Oh, okay. Uh, Alfredo is like fucking nuts. Like how he's just like crazy misogynistic uh, the entire time saying shit like, you want to fuck me, huh, bitch? Um, so I, I think there's great characters in this one. I uh, really like the final girl in this movie. I thought she was uh, great. I agree. Uh, me too. I, I wish I could remember her name, but I just thought that like she stood out to me. And I guess any film that's going to have a horror icon can for box another horror icon. Sure. Is okay with me. Uh, that's the new line creeping in. Yeah. There's just like these gnarly guitar riffs. There's a part where Ken Four and Viggo Mortensen are like just rolling in the dirt while it's just like chugga 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 chugga. I feel like there's a scene where like Leatherface is driving a truck and there's like metal music playing. Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and this one really hit E Dog right this okay, time around. Sure. Um, I almost want to say it might be the closest in tone to the original film, and I'm saying that because of how maniacal the family is. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that, but there's just none of this matches the pure. Oh, nothing will unhinged nature of that first movie. Like nothing will. G. I know what you mean by tone, but like even then, I mean, and I think we'll we'll probably discuss that, and I'm not sure when. I I don't want to forget, so maybe I should say here, like rewatching these gave me, and I and I know I've said this before, but I don't feel this way about like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street, um, or Friday, but um. You know, sometimes, you know, rewatching a franchise, I remember, you know, it was probably just that first movie that, I mean, that was it, that, it, that said what it wanted to say, that was the height and, and every film since Toby Hooper's original classic, we're just constantly reevaluating the TCM idea. You know, he made his sequel that has, uh, that's, that's comical. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's sort of laughing in the face of his first movie. 
you know, then every subsequent sequel is like trying to tap into like, what was Toby? Those things. Yeah. What was Toby Hooper trying to say? How can we like on, like, I feel like it's just constantly trying to reevaluate why that original film so worked so well. And it may have been better if they had just done their own thing. Yeah. And, and, and while I like these movies and there's some of in here that I really, really, really like, I just want to say that I kind of feel like it was, it was probably best just for that film to exist. Uh, almost like black Christmas, you know, like black Christmas doesn't have a sequel. Yes. It had a remake, but, um, you know, Two of them. it just, yeah. Recent. Um, I don't know. Like the more I rewatch these the more I'm like, I kind of feel like it is interesting to watch. I mean, I like Leatherface, right? Mm-hmm. So I want more. I'm a horror fan. Of course, I love franchises. But this one particularly, it's sort of tough. It's like it's kind of like Exorcist, even though Exorcist 3 is good. You know, was it just William Friedkin in that film? And then there's other fucking sequels for no reason, even though we do like three. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Sorry. That's didn't, okay. Didn't mean to trail into that. I didn't want to forget. Uh, let's let's hear your five. Okay, my number five. So now we're in films I really like. Okay, good. Okay, my number five. Right I on. want it to be higher. My number five is in films I really like. My number five is a hated film in the franchise. My number five is a movie that I feel like people like. I feel like people are watching a different film. Okay, I'm interested. Um, my number five is Bustillo and Maury's Leatherface. Hell yeah, it's fucking sick. Um, it would probably be higher. If it wasn't what it is, and if it wasn't so recent, oh. um, everything else that's higher on my list is is older than this. Um, if I if I I'm gonna rewatch it again soon, I think um, I rewatched it a couple months ago to show my brother. Um, everyone in the Ghoul Squad world knows that we jock French directors. Yes, and me in particular will pretty much like anything they make. Shall we reveal our next episode now? Yes, sure. Uh, uh, we're going to do Alexander Bustillo and Julian Mori episode. Ranking, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And to be... Okay, so let me say this for, for the uninitiated. For the uninitiated. Um, they directed uh, one of my top 10 horror movies of all time, Inside. Mm-hmm. Um, a film that I rewatched about six months ago. And it's not a film you rewatch, right? Because it's so devastating. And... I rewatched it and I was like, is it, you know, I say this a lot. Is it what I thought it was? And it was every fucking thing I thought it was. It gives me goosebumps to think about inside. Inside is one of the best movies ever made. Now I say that if you seek it out inside is very fucked up and we're not talking for about everybody. the French original oh, version. Yeah. Yes. The Bustillo Mori. The, the original one just has no balls. And it's, you know, these, I friends, just said original, the remake has no yes. balls. The, um, and I will say, like, I'm sure you hear this a lot from us, like this French extremism, you know, it's like this aspirational idea that all I talk about, but it's because it was sort of happening as I was like, you know, this is around 2007, eight, you know, makes me 17, 16, 18 years old. And this is like the, the fucking halcyon days. Like I'm consuming all this French extremism and, um, back to 2005 with high tension. Oh, six, uh, you know, Aja ended up doing the Hills have eyes remake. I have talked a lot about the Hills Have Eyes remake and what it meant to me at the time. Um, it's such a fan fucking amazing movie. Top five remakes of all time. Love the Hills Have Eyes remake, like unabashedly. And, um, you know, I'm always chasing this. And so anyways, when these guys make movies, like I get like a freaking hard on like, oh shit, like I need more of this. 
And they're not all like French extremism. They're not all like, I would say even Livid isn't really. I would say their other film, um, Candisha is not really. Uh, and then The Deep House recently wasn't. But I just want to see shit they make. I'm just sure. so like, I love them. They're 100% on our radar. Yes. Love them. It's like them, Aja, and then even, uh, we never we don't know how to say his name, Pascal Laguiri, Lejouiri, Martyrs director. Um Xavier Jens, uh-huh. um, if that's how to say his name, uh, Frontiers guy. He ended up doing a movie called The Divide, which is super fucked up. With Michael Bean. Okay. I just did my- You just did our next episode. French extremism. Yeah. Can you tell that I'm passionate and, and Eric is too. This is like what we love. Having said all that, they yeah. made a fucking Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah. And it's called Leatherface. Yes. And everyone hates it for no reason. I don't know why, though. It's fucking sick. I will always go back to, I'm watching it. I'm like, wow, I really like this. I really like this. I really like this. And a character walks into a diner and puts a fucking shotgun in in a fucking person's face. Can I tell you what French extremism is to me? I feel like I already explained. I I did this recently with this shotgun kill, but go ahead. Well, there's another bit in this film. Let's hear it. Uh, So a group of kids, they're uh, they're in an asylum. In an institution and they escape and as they're leaving the building someone in a wheelchair is pushed out of a second story window yes that is french can i do another french extremism yeah sure it's not this film okay it's in high tension i always talk about it it's whenever that uh, she's hiding in the closet and it has like the slats like the shutters for the closet and uh she watches i think her mom uh, get her throat slit right in front of her through the slats. And then like the killer like pulls her head back and uh, it's just this horrible like throat cutting, but like it's shot through the slats of like this fucking closet. I love. And attention. then when she gets to leave the closet, the mom's hand is just dismembered. Like, yes. It's just like on the floor, just not there anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, our next episode, I think we think we're going to rank Bustio and Mori. Yep. Um, so anyways, Leatherface. Yep. Um, I'll let, I, I think I'll let you probably talk it. You're going to talk it in a bit. I am. Um, maybe you'll explain the, the plot. But for me, I think what people didn't like was it was sort of unexpected. And as always with me, I really don't care. Like, how do I say this? Continuity doesn't matter to me. Um, logic. <laughs> I don't want to say logic doesn't matter to me, but you guys have heard me say this. I am not concerned with like, um, expectations yes where it fits where who this person is who that person is did the film make me feel something was it violent did it was it fucking was it about something um not saying this does all of that but just saying like those are the things i look for and this film came at me with a fucking cool ass like almost criminals on the run um like not not road trip movie but chase movie on the run criminal people on the run uh but also mixed in with like this leather face idea. Right. And it's violent as all hell. And Eric, supposedly there's just a, another version on a flash drive somewhere. And that's fucking wild. Another version. Yeah. Their version. Oh, cause fuck. you know, this shit got just chopped yeah. to hell and taken away from them. Well, this one's good too. I know. So <laughs> I would assume the other version's better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, love it. And it makes me mad that this got like dumped to and, direct TV. Yeah. Like why didn't this, this could have at least gone to VOD. <laughs> this would have been fucking cool in theater. Yeah. Um, even talking about it, I probably should have ranked it higher. It smells like an old barn. But, uh, oh yeah, uh, Lily Taylor? Is that who that is? I think so. 
And uh, the the fucking what's the guy's name from uh, Frost from fucking uh, Blade? Steven Dorf. Yes, isn't it? Yes. Okay, Eric. What's your number five? My number five is part four, uh, Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is the director's cut. Um, and I re- obviously rewatched it for uh, this episode. Uh, and one thing that I initially loved is the. Scream Factory Blue, the director's cut, is standard definition. And da, I just loved that graininess. I thought it felt, I thought it's, it fit the aesthetic of the film. It's not all standard definition. It cuts to, to like. inserts. But da, 70%. I would no say way. The, yes, I would say the majority of it is SD. It's labeled as standard definition no on way. the back of the case. Okay, I, my opinion. I mean, didn't you just rewatch it yes, yourself? Yes, 70% was, was 1080p and then 30% was fucking VHS footage. I thought it was grainy as hell it, it, and I was loving it. It's it's only it's only eight minutes longer? And you're saying 70% saying is VHS 70% footage? I'm saying 70% of it okay, is, is SD. Like I said, it's labeled on the case as SD. Anyways, no, it... Okay. Whatever. It's labeled as SD inserts. It's not labeled as SD. I'd put money on it if I had to. Uh, well, so we'll look after. Okay. So, uh, Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the version I watched, uh, is Kim Hinkle's first time at directing one of these bad boys. He wrote the original with uh, Toby Hooper. And He's like the creator of the character almost. Right? Um, and this one finds uh, four kids who are all dealing with personal issues. Uh, It's prom night. Uh, I watched uh, a making of this film, and Kim Hinkle says, what's more American than kids on prom night? Yeah, I watched part of that. Yeah, uh, I couldn't make it through. Uh, Me either. (laughs) So um, they get into a car wreck in the woods, and then they uh, quickly run afoul of of, uh, Leatherface and his whole family. And... At first, I feel like I want to say, fuck this movie. Just that setup kind of feels generic. This is the fourth go-around, right? But I feel like when we finally get the kids to the house, it really starts to pick up. Um, I like kind of, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking so much about how I like the depiction of Leatherface in the new film. I think I kind of feel that way about the depiction of Leatherface uh, in this film. Um I like how he's like rocking the uh, the camouflage jacket. He's got the long hair. Um, one huge change to me is not only is he wearing, you know, somebody's face, he's wearing somebody's body. There's that part at the end where he's like in a dress and he has tits. Yes. And you can see that he's wearing like somebody's body suit. And I thought that was a great uh, extension of... Uh, yeah, the character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also like how there's this idea that like the family is like having to do this. Like it's their job to produce these scares to keep us entertained. Yes. Which yeah. I mean, on, which on a, is, on a meta level, I I enjoy it. On a like movie, like film level, it's bullshit. But then, on a meta level, I was like, oh, Cabin in the Woods, okay. And and you know I'm I'm kind of confused why you didn't like it on the TCM level. You know the the depiction of the house is just like so fucking uh, nasty. Uh, I really I mean this is going to sound awful. Okay. So I I apologize for this description. Okay. But I really liked 
like Matthew McConaughey fucking with Renee Zellweger, uh-huh. like how unhinged he gets, yes. like kind of like, I don't even want to say what he's doing, but just like grabbing her and shit. Um, it, it felt, he felt dangerous. Like his character felt right. dangerous because his performance was so unhinged. So I did find, I was like, Whoa, like, holy shit. Um, so I do like elements of it. There's, there's a part where he just starts chanting his name. Do you remember that? Vilmer! Vilmer! Oh, and there's also, get her leather! Get her <laughs> leather! So, that's so fucking good, yeah. Get no, her leather! I, I think there's, like, really good chase scene in this, Dawn. There's, like, the part where there he, is. like, chases her, like, up onto the roof. There's, like, sure. that part where he, like, bursts out of, like, that glass wall. Yep. And then, at the very end, when she's trying to get away with that old couple in the RV, and, and Leatherface is just standing in the back of the pickup as Vilmer's driving it, I'm into all that, Doc. I think that there's a bigger meaning in this film that we're missing. I think elements of it I liked a lot. Like I, I said, their performance is great, but a lot of the film is them walking around in the woods aimlessly. But when they get to the house, Doc, that's when I think it really... I agree. I agree. Kicks in. So yeah, I like uh, I like the family. Um, I like what Kim Hinkle was trying to say with the, the meta aspect of the story. I feel like I like this one... More when I every time I've seen it. Wow, yeah. I think I have a pet peeve of like extended sequences of walking through the woods in the dark. And that's all this film is for like the first forty minutes. Yeah, so I think it just like rubbed me the wrong way initially. Um, but yes, I mean I totally agree. And like when I say Renee Zellweger running full speed barefoot in a dress, I don't just mean like in a shitty like aesthetic way. I mean like she is like fucking going for it, and she I, is great in this movie. And I really like her arc where how she kind of goes from like the abused nerdy i will I, i'm glad you brought that up i did want to say that the, like she's no longer even afraid of it i did want to say that the director's cut adds that element of her father abuses her and i do think that that like watching it i was like wow this film would read completely different without that right. and that is an insert yeah like when the film starts it's the, they're already at just that prompt yeah yeah um so i think that that does help the film a lot because it has her arc is much better Right. Uh, laid out. Because it, it goes from, you know, abuse to I ain't taking your shit no more. Yes. And I'm and I'm super into that. Yeah. Kind of a theme in this franchise. Yeah. Okay. So that was my number five. What's your four, Doc? Well, my number four is a film we've already talked about, so I'm not going to go on about it. Okay. It's a remake. Okay. You know, I, I feel odd, right? Like, because I'm ranking a, the 2003 remake this high. But, man, I'll tell you this. Okay, There's me. nothing better in horror than picking up the hitchhiker girl, mm. her taking the gun out of her crotch and putting it in her mouth, blowing her brains out. And the camera goes all the way. One of the best camera movements and shots in movie history goes all the way through her skull, all the way out the back window mm-hmm. in one shot. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Eric. I'm being right honest. On me. Please be. The film sort of. I'm giving it a lot more credit just for that shot. I'm with you. Because when I think of that opening is good. When I think of the remake, I think of one of the coolest shots in movie history. And so unfortunately, yes, the rest of the film isn't like the greatest thing ever, but I do think it's good. I think it's cool. It has, it's like ultimate Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I've said. Uh, I like the part when like, uh, I don't even know what the character is supposed to be. He's the man in the wheelchair. Yes. And he's like trying to rouse Leatherface. And he's like got his cane. Yeah. And he's like hitting the floor. And I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, come get some or something like that. And he's like pounding it. That's pretty tight. This does have some violence that's insane. 
Like there's a scene where there's a guy, uh, one of the guys is running and they just, uh, Leatherface just pops out and cuts his leg off and it yeah. shows it just pop off and he falls over without his leg. And then, uh, of course, there's, again, this is more so like original film uh, stuff where like uh, the the scene isn't seeing the leg gone. It's more about that he's putting salt on like the paper and then like putting it, putting salt on his wound, um, which is more like the original film uh, where it's, it's less about like the carnage and more about the feeling uh, of the carnage. So like it does have stuff. It has Jessica Biel walking around looking great. There's the part where Jessica Bill sees Leatherface turn around and he's wearing uh, her yes. boyfriend's face. That's pretty gnarly. That's yes. pretty good. Where it's just like a shocking moment for her. Yeah, I think we feel it too. But I will say, ultimately, I think the the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is actually my next favorite film. My third. So why don't you tell us your four? Before we do that, can I please? Yes. All right. I'm sorry, but we're back with King is number four. Uh, I think we were on your number four because I just talked mine. Uh, so n- Eric's number four. Oh, my number four. Because okay. I just talked the remake. Honestly, I feel bad. It's this low, but uh, it's part two. Um, and oh I th- yeah. And I think what turns That's sad, me- Eric. Yeah. Is it higher? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I think for me, it's uh, the comedy doesn't always work. Sure. Uh, for me, it's okay. too long. It's it's a bit too long, even at only an hour forty. I kind of feel like this is uh, Romero's Survival of the Dead, where sure, uh, I don't know, we didn't we don't need that humor. I'll tell you what though, whenever the the jump scare, whenever we first see Leatherface, oh yeah, oh that gets me like every time somehow. The, that um, the the whole like uh, scene down the bridge with them uh, like in the truck, Nick the prick and Buzz, and they have the fucking uh, what is it called the body? There's a Nubbins. name for it, Nubbins. Thank you. Uh, that's like iconic. That is so good. So good. That opening is is amazing. Uh, I'm gonna say this is the best family out of uh, all yeah. the families. Bill Mosley, Chop Top. Uh, I love the cook. The small businessman always gets it in the ass. Or I really, guess I really burnt my beans on that one. <laughs> I really like Stretch. Uh, I love Kelly Stretch Williams. too. I like I like LG. Yep. Um, it's like and I and I feel like. Their relationship is super tragic. How LG is interested in her romantically, yeah, but Stretch is not, and then they both get. Well, Stretch doesn't really get kidnapped, but LG does, and even after he's literally just been cut up, his face cut off, he like still cares for her. Yeah, it's a really tragic moment. He's just like cut to shit. He's like missing his. His face skin, his hand skin, part of his ribs, and yet he's still concerned with Stretch's uh, well-being. I love Dennis Hopper, how kind of crazy he yep. is, you know, quoting. I don't know if it's like scripture or what, but when he's like sawing down uh, the house. Um, and then, of course, you know, Chop Top, you know, I almost feel like is the most memorable thing. Yeah, I feel like the, I feel like, I mean, I love the setting of. It's almost like a carnival house in this one not that setting okay the radio i feel like it gets a little too much by the end of it Mm. for me but the radio station setting is amazing the lighting the you know you have leatherface like putting his chainsaw between her legs and shit which is just a little wild you know my performance in uh a dog goes to town was based off of leatherface in part two but i kind of don't like horny 
Leatherface. Why not? Because it's like a joke. Sure. You know, Bubba's got a girlfriend. Bubba's got a girlfriend. Sure. And how many times does he do that? Where he's like shaking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little unhinged. And, and I, you know, obviously he was, uh, you know, like Toby Hooper was commenting on like his his first film with this movie. So like, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just like it has imagery that's like iconic and classic to me. Um, but uh, I will definitely say that it it, it goes... I know you said it was an hour 45. Every time the final chase happens, like with Dennis Hopper with the two chainsaws, I'm like, fuck, this is taking forever. Like, I feel like it loses, it has pacing issues. Uh, another big bummer is uh, a, a Texas end, Chainsaw movie should not be over 90 minutes. Uh, Chop Top chases stretch at the end. So it's Grandpa, it's Leatherface, it's the cook, it's Dennis Hopper, and. The cook is under the table and he's going through Nubbins' body. He's like, where's that old fuck you Charlie at? And he pulls out that grenade and it goes off. But like, we don't see it. Yeah. So that's just the end for all those characters? I guess. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. And this is a canon films and it, it, is, it sort of starts to feel like it. But again, like, man, that opening with the bridge and uh yeah so good uh, and then that's just like a fun premise how like she records yeah leatherface and chop top killing someone yeah and that gives her the motivation to uh help dennis hopper's character he's sally and franklin's uncle and i really like the callbacks like they still have franklin's body yeah in their cave house thing yeah and and the the biggest missed opportunity of all time which is like just a tease which is in TCM3 Leatherface, uh, you see Caroline Williams for like a second at the beginning. Oh, and isn't Sally she, Hardesty like in the hospital? Isn't that in Next Generation? Oh, that's Next Generation. Okay. I think that's in Next Generation. Okay. I okay. forgot to mention that. Um, fuck, man. That movie's yikes. Next Generation. Eric, we will talk more about two. Okay. So, I don't want to run out of gas here. Okay, let's go your three. <laughs> my, no- my number three. Okay, so... I- Obviously, we've talked a lot about it. I won't bloviate. My number three, uh, absolutely using words I don't even know. Absolutely rocked me. Okay, uh, rewatched this last night. Uh, this is a film Eric and I have long, long talked about as one of our favorite films. Mm. He decided he did not like it anymore. Yeah, crazy. And last night, rewatched it and loved every second of it. Can I just add? It's not that I dislike it. I don't sure. feel strongly about it. And this is. Continue. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. 2006. And it's 2006. This is Jonathan Liebsman. And, you know, this is just one of the fucking most mean-spirited, straight fucking slashers that has been made. And there's stuff in here that's, like, reaching, like, French extremism levels. Okay. Like, like the there's... push-ups? A... No. Okay. But what the first thing that comes to mind is there's a scene where... Um, uh, Jordana Brewster's boyfriend is being like filleted on this table. Mm-hmm. And that's not even what I'm talking about. Uh, eventually, uh, Leatherface kills him by sticking the chainsaw, like mm-hmm. revving it all the way through him through the table. But there's a shot because Jordana Brewster has crawled under the table. There's a shot of the chainsaw going all the way through the table in front of her face and it's spewing his blood, yeah. the boyfriend's blood, all over Jordana Brewster because it's flinging off the chainsaw right? all, all over her face. And she like screams but then stops because she doesn't want him to hear her because mm-hmm. she's hiding from Leatherface. 
and it's just like covered. She's like covered in blood splatter. It's her boyfriend. She's screaming. I was like, holy shit. Like that gave me that like French extremism vibe. And then of course, just the downtroddenness of like, this is a film that no one survives in. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it almost like, you know, and I know it's like one note and dumb, but like the whole evading Vietnam thing. Mm. Um, I'm not That's kind of one aspect I do like. I I did you know I feel like it's a good tension between brothers. Right. Uh, always you know fun to have tension between brothers. And it gives them the reason why they're traveling through Texas. Right. While they're traveling and why there's tension, and then it it it, it adds like reasons for their characters to have other tense moments, which is, um, you know, the sheriff, eventual sheriff, ends up like. Uh, pinpointing which of them is burning their draft card and all that right. stuff. And it's just reasons for tension. I'm not saying it's like the most well thought out, like Vietnam commentary. Right. What I am saying is it's just good tension. And the film sort of starts to become tense when they get picked up and never lets up. It just won't let you breathe. And then devolves into insane fucking violence. Um, and I feel like what I was saying earlier was this is the best remake of the original film, not the remake because eventually this film ends with like Jordana Brewster at a dinner table and, you know, escaping and jumping out the window Oh yeah, and True. running from Leatherface. And I was like, Oh shit, this is the remake they should have made. And, uh, it's just ultra violent and insane. And it's like kind of the height. Um, I would not say this is not towards the height or the end of this is during the halcyon. I'll say it again. Halcyon heyday of, uh, torture porn. And this is sort of like the torture porn Leatherface, to be honest. Uh, the torture porn Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because this came out after um, things were starting to get insane, right? French extremism had happened. You had the Dawn of the Dead remake come out. You had Saw release. You had... Uh, don't Was Hostel then yet? 04? Yeah. I think. Because this 2006. Right. And I think Hostel was maybe 05. Um, so then by then you have, you know, house of a thousand corpses had come out and like, so the 2003 film was so early on, but this one is just like full fledged throwing fucking blood everywhere. And not just like in a splatter way. Like I said, like, I think the best way I can explain what I'm looking for is, and I know it sounds awful. Every time we comment on things like this, it sounds like, you know, horrible that I'm looking for, you know, a chainsaw going through a boyfriend spitting blood on the fucking uh, girlfriend under the table but like that to me is like that pings my you know tickles uh, you right that gives me my french extremism uh chase that i'm always looking for and this isn't french i'm just saying that it it, it reaches towards that i mean this is almost um there's stuff in it that's like high tension level of violence um and also it's tense you know it's it's high tension no pun intended um it's a tense film it's taut it's quick, fast, dirty, ugly. Um, I had to look it up. I was like, is this shot 16 millimeter? Cause I thought it might've been, um, it's not, it was shot 35, but it looks like 16. So it looks very, it does not look clean. And I, that helps the film a lot. It looks dirty. It's fucking violent. Um, I have to say, I very much don't care about like the prequel aspects. I heard you say that earlier, which I'm not responding to you i was watching and thinking i really don't care that i'm seeing how how this all came to be uh that's the last thing i cared about in this movie okay i just cared about the tension and the uh characters being you know stuck in these situations and then ultimately all of them demise i enjoy the uh the biker subplot 
yep, the biker subplot with the uh, he has a gun and she shows him to the house and then violence ensues off right. of that. Um, just crazy, I'll crazy. Tell you what, I'm not gonna give up on this film. Yeah, I I liked it once. I'll find it again. I'll be honest. I rewatched the beginning, thinking, "All right, man. I hope I still like this." Loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, this one. So this is your number three. This is my number three. Oh, really like the beginning, but. You shouldn't be surprised. I've always liked the beginning. True. But rewatching it, I was like, yep, yep. There's totally everything I wanted. This is, I wish people would make movies like this. Like, that's how much I like it. Um, so my number three is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. If you've never seen the beginning, definitely watch it. it may not be for you, but it's fucking, at least it has an ethos. Eric? Uh, my number three is uh, Bastille and Maury's Leatherface. Yes. Um, Yes, yes. And you know why I think I like this so much? It's because it's it's so different from the other Texas sure. Chainsaw Massacres. And I think that's why, it, uh, you know, in addition to the violence, um, why I like it, how you described it as like a chase film. Um, when I watch films, Doc, I try not to be cooler than the film. <laughs> I try to let the film... Take me on the journey. It's S- trying- says, says the math guy. Says, okay. Worrying about fucking years in history and how old Leatherface would be. Who gives a fuck? You got me there. But in terms of... I'm I'm not like the movie sin guy. And I tell you, I think about it, but I don't... I'm not going to say a film is bad because the math doesn't add up. Okay. Sure. And and let me say, I do get in trouble with this a lot because people are like, well, then films can have no logic. And it's like, no, it's just, I guess for me, it's just not the most important thing to me. And the CinemaSin thing you're talking about, for some people, it's very important for everything right. to fit together. Right. I would say it's one of the least important things for me, for everything to fit together. And, and so, so what I'm getting at is like, I guess I want to wait till I see the film to judge the film, right? And there's a mystery element to this film, right? Yes. There's multiple kids that have escaped this institution. And we know one of them is Leatherface. We we know that because we're watching the film, but we don't know which one he is. Sure. And I was genuinely shocked when they reveal who it is. Because I guess it's obvious. I mean, that's what people are saying. There, there, there's a what's it called uh when red herring there, there's a red herring in this film that i guess people thought was too obvious but i never felt that way because i'm not trying to be smarter than the film so whenever it finally delivered on who it was i was like genuinely surprised so just watching that for the first time i was like super impressed with it that who it ended up being i kind of have a little issue with it because he's like a hero for the rest of the film sure um, but then upon rewatches, it's just the violence. I like who made, uh, the film. I like Steven Dorff's maniacal sheriff. Yep. He's equally as dangerous as. I think her name's Lily Taylor. She's the mom in the conjuring. Right. Right. Um, I love that we see a young nubbins. I love that we see a young sure. cook. Uh, that's awesome. Cause this is supposed to be a prequel. Yes. Uh, to the, to the original film. Um, Ike and his girlfriend, they seem super dangerous. Uh, the violence in the film makes it dangerous. So for me, it was a surprising mystery that uh, I love the violence in. 
Totally agree. Yeah. Like, totally agree. Um, that doesn't feel like TCM. If I, you know, part of me wishes I'd put it above the remake. The remake just, it has that opening scene and that like history that I explained. Yes. Um, and if Leatherface had had that, it probably would have gone higher. But I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I feel like you really like the 2022 and. Uh, I guess I like the newer shit, though. Well, I'm getting to that. Sans two and three. Sure. Well, hang on. Three and four. Excuse me. So you really like uh, the 2022. Yes. Leatherface. Yes. And I'm missing something. But I really like Leatherface and the beginning. Yes. And I guess the reason I'm... Okay, why am I saying that? It took me forever to say. It's kind of funny because they're kind of the unconventional ones right well i'm sorry the unconventional picks right right um they're they're sort of not what everyone else would want when i told dana we were doing this uh he said he said one and two are your one and two right and i was like no he actually asked me to quote him uh, on this episode please continue talking he doesn't listen to the fucking podcast i know but yet i think he's lying i think he does listen what the (laughs) fuck else would if he wants to be quoted huh yeah no shit Hello, Dana. I know you're listening. I'm, I'm looking for your, your text right now, Dana. Boy, we sure do text some bullshit. Dana is Eric's secret best friend, but he says it's Andrew. And he is a character on the podcast, but has never listened, apparently. Don't don't let me hold you up, Doc. Keep going. Well, Eric, are you done talking about Leatherface? I am. I'll do mine. Oh. Eric. Go ahead. You just ranked TCM twenty. 20- 22 so high because you bought that shirt and you don't want to regret your purchase. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. My number two. Your number two. My number two is, so we're going to, we're going to, my, my, my final two, we're going to set them up and knock them down. Set them up, knock them down, dog. Let's my, get this shit over with. My number two is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 by Toby Hooper. Um, you know, this is a film that just, I have a lot of history with. I saw this super early. Of course, I saw the first film first. And then, you know, of course, was like, oh, Toby Hooper made the second one, too. And this is, of course, millions of years ago. Watched it, and just it has images that are iconic. It has uh, Bill Mosley as Chop Top, which is iconic. It has fucking um, that bridge scene that I was talking about. Um, I'm not going to go on about this because it's getting a little bit late. Yes. But it's it's just, I love to. I will say every time I watch it, I think, man, this is getting long. I always think it's too long. I know it's only an hour 45, but it's an hour 45 too long. Um, <laughs> you know, so I wish it was more like 90 minutes tightened up. I feel like the chase always drags on too long. Aside from that, it's basically a perfect movie. So I love two and two is two, you know, it's like the easiest two. Is two. Yeah. I mean it, I'll be honest. I'm definitely more passionate. If I had to, here you go. Okay. I'll pick my passion films. Okay. Pick your passion. My TCM passions. You ready? Yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, and Leatherface. I'm passionate about those three. You know, I like everything else, and I, I'm bummed that I have two so for so low. It's I love four. two. I love two. You know, it's weird. The Scream Factory Blu-ray is like out of print. Yeah, it's like 140 bucks now. Yeah, like of course we both have it, right? Mm-hmm. But like. I bought it at fucking Hastings for like 20 bucks. I think I bought it when Hastings was going out of business. Yeah, no surprise there. Yeah. So my number two is two. <laughs> That's why Hastings went out yeah, of business. Yeah. We talked it a lot. So Eric, yeah. what's your two? 
Okay, so we don't have to talk it at all. My so, number two is the 2022 film. No, so your number two is Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, no. So obviously our number one each is the immortal yeah. classic. Yeah. The original 1974 film. I use this phrase a lot. Please, lay it on me. So we, you know, our number one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper. Yep. And the thing is, like, I use this phrase a lot to say, you know, like, this is like an earth-shattering, ground-shaking film. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a film that you watch and, like, it, it grabs you, you know, by the shoulders and fucking, you know, won't let go and shakes you to your core. You know, this is a film that feels like it was shot real. This is a film that has stories behind it that they were, like, torturing the cast making this movie. Right. You know, this is, like, it, it's raised questions, you know, is this ethical to make a film like this um, to torture the cast in the way that they did for the result? And ultimately... It's 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's a fucking one of the greatest movies ever made. A shotgun blast through cinema. Uh, it's fucking one of the greatest movies ever made. Eric, uh, help me out. Okay. Just the fucking eye shot. Holy shit. That shot man. of her eye that's all green. And she's just screaming and along with everybody else. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like, I mean, look, oh my, it's the fucking greatest thing ever. It's super gnarly. Oh, I, no, there's nothing better. Sorry. Than making you my bride. There's nothing better than the fin- the finale of this film. And I've talked about it a lot. Together. When everyone is just fucking screaming. It's so fucking good, dog. <laughs> it's so fucking it's good. It's so dog. fucking good the way Nubbins is just slicing her up. And then there's that shot of Leatherface running out yep. the door. Um, there's the swing shot of the butt. There's the fucking door slam. There's, I mean, oh, when he first like comes on screen, it, insane. Yeah, he hits him in the head, and he's shaking on the ground. His boots are shaking on the ground, yeah. and fucking going into convulsions. Yeah. Pulls him through the door and slams the door. And that was cinema being knocked down in front of its face. Right, like it's, it's the greatest movie ever. Fu- I mean, it's easily one of the greatest fucking horror movies ever made. I don't know. I feel like a lot of things scare me. As I'm watching them, you know, but like once I finish watching a film, okay, it's done. It's over. Sure. I'm still scared of the text chainsaw massacre. Yeah. Like it, it still holds that power over me. I've used this word before. Text chainsaw massacre feels dangerous. Yeah. It feels dangerous as I, you're watching it. And then like that setup is just like super good. Like the reason why they're driving, like, you know, it's because there's been grave robbers. Yeah. And so they're checking to see if like, their deceased family members are still intact. How about that opening shot? I was just going to get to that. How the bodies have been uh, put on display. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh that opening shot is crazy. Oh, my God. It's so good. So good. Um, and then, like, whenever they... The armadillo. Pick, and then, like, when they pick up Nubbins. And, like, when he, like, has the knife. Like, oh, shit. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, the hitchhiker. He, he fucking... I'll take your picture. It's a good picture. Um, just their reaction to how like upset they are at what he did. It sells it. Cause I think, you know what he's doing, I think is probably just putting like a, a, a streak of blood on his hand off the knife, but their reaction just sells it. And the way it's shot just looks so real. Mm. And every time I always buy that, he's cutting his hand and they're severely upset by it. Right. Um, of course you have Franklin being annoying, but that's part of cinema, <laughs> you know? I mean, I used to be real against Franklin, but I've come around, you know, 
it's man, just the fight, the finale with the fucking bones all over the floor and feathers fucking jumping out the window with the chainsaw, the fi- the final shots of him Nobody's getting ran over. Nothing but Sally in the back of the truck screaming at the top of her lungs with blood all over. Her. And then the chainsaw, chainsaw dance. dance. Excellent. And, and and not imitating a chainsaw. The chainsaw it's the, dance. Yeah. And it's Fuck yeah. it's one of the most gorgeous it's like uh it's like um I wanted to say sunset. What's sunrise? Like, it's like talking about it and like I kinda just want to go watch it. Yeah. Like it's like sunrise mm-hmm. and he's like doing the dance at the chainsaw and she's screaming. Like, I mean, it's like it's pure, perfect. There's, we've said, we use this phrase sometimes mm-hmm. that it's pure cinema. It's perfect. G. I mean, there's, like I said, the times where you feel the earth shake beneath your feet when you're watching something, it's pure cinema. And that, that's it. When he's when it, when she's screaming, you know, laughing, screaming. It's, I mean, it's just, so it's, number it's one. so fucking good though. Um, so I guess let's wrap this up. Sure. And, uh, but before we do, I told you I had a fun question I wanted to ask you. Okay, Eric, let's hear it. And my question for you is, and I'm going to answer the question first. So you have a moment to think, um, based on all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, if you had to comprise your dream family, obviously Leatherface is going to be in it. Who would you pick for me? I'm going part one, grandpa, uh, part two, cook and chop top. Alfredo from three, uh, Vilmer from four, uh, Sheriff Hoyt from the remake, and then Daddario so I can see them titties. That is my dream uh, Hewitt slash Sawyer family. I don't know if I can do all of them. Okay. I'm going to say- Who are your favorite family members? Well, I'm going to say for sure, Grandpa from one. Okay. Chop Top okay. from two. Um, after that, I'm definitely going to say- I want Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Vilmer. And I'll also, which is now an alternate, but I'll put him in it. I'll take fucking Vigo Mortensen's text. Nice. I like that. And then, um, hell, actually, she's not a mom, I don't think, but the mom or whatever in uh, TCM3, Leatherface. Oh, okay. Is wild. I kind of dislike her. Uh, and then- I also dislike Baby Hewitt, whatever her name is, the, the little girl. I'll, I'll, I'll take Jordana Brewster. <laughs> No, no, no. It's just family members. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... That, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I don't... Th- th- this franchise is... is I've, talked, I've said it so many times, but it's very interesting. Extremely interesting franchise because I feel like it's just so all over the place. And I don't mean quality. It, it's that too. But it just fucking never takes a second to actually do a franchise ever. It was always right. Each film is like its own thing. Yeah, and they're always commenting on the previous one or commenting on the original. They're all trying to reinvent the original and trying to, you know, reach what he was doing in the original. And you know, of course, like we've said, it's almost like I feel like it was really just that first film, and it accidentally is all these other movies because that first film is such a fucking earth-shattering movie, um, and it's just not replicable. In any way. That's very um, true. I don't even know how you would do it now. Like, even if you had all the money in the world, I don't think you could replicate what he did in that first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just the way it looked. And he was like, I think it was on 16 millimeter, I think. Um, just the grittiness and the, I don't know. It's insane. And the contrast. I was just thinking about that eye shot again. The contrast that he had with the red door. when With the metal door and when he opens it, it's that red with like the stuff on the wall. Mm-hmm. 
the contrast of the fucking shots. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm done. Okay. We love the first on one. Oscar. Yeah, mm. for sure. Glad we, we got it in the books. Divulged several different ways. Yes. But ultimately, we kind of, quite different, I thought. But this fran- it makes sense because the franchise is so fucking all over the place. True. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hello, everyone, if you've reached the end of this three-hour podcast. I told Eric, I was like, I was like, you know, I don't think this has to be three hours. And guess what? It's three hours. It's three hours. We can't help it. We can't help it. And you know why? Because I've got to say a bunch of goddamn bullshit about fucking movies, Eric. That's what the pot is. I was going to say, that's what the pot is. Yeah. Yeah, with that. What are we going to do on our next episode, if you made it this far? Uh... We're going to do a ranked episode of Julian Mori and Alexander Bustillo films. And you haven't watched Livid yet? I've not watched Livid yet. Wow. What's tight is it's only seven films, so this should be another. Walk in the Park. Yep. Uh, I have the inside Blu-ray. If you want to borrow it, you won't. I didn't know inside was on blue. I've showed it to you. I have a uh, Span- Spanish release? I had no idea. It's awesome. You have to get it from Amazon... Spain? E Dog's holding it down with the Dimension Extreme. Why? Well, I, I still have mine with the slip cover. Yeah. I'm a complete, I'm an inside completist. Gotcha. And with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our journey through three hours of Texas Chainsaw Massacre goodness. We hope you don't hate us for our discussion on the new film. Yeah. Um, I hope that we were able to like sort of navigate that because. It's just tough because so many people hated it for all those other things. And we, we've, we talked about it. I hope we were able to navigate that in some way. Um, and we love you all. We hope that uh, you don't disapprove. <laughs> and with that, Eric. Until uh, next time. Yeah, you can find us everywhere at Ghoul Squad FM. Yep. Uh, I did make us a cute little new link tree finally. Okay. So if you click the link on our Instagram, it's, an, it's a page that shows a bunch of links. So it's like the shirt, the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then the anchor uh, .fm link to everything else. And the reason I did that is because I used to have it as the anchor link, but the anchor link, you had to like click multiple buttons to get to the Apple Podcasts link because now they're owned by Spotify. Mm. So I kind of split them all up. That way it's easier. One click. Click that link and then you got them all there. Okay. You want a shirt? Buy a shirt. Link's in our bio on Instagram at Ghoul Squad FM. We love you. Right, Eric? Some of you. And we'll see you next time on the Bustillo and Mori episode. And yeah. Goes you back off? Goes you back off.